Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. Brent Mondo, Austin Lane, Coos on a Tuesday afternoon. Beautiful Jacksonville, Florida. Hope you're having a great day. And, uh, well, if not, we'll try to brighten up your day. What a game last night. And we've got a series, Golden State and Houston. That was a pretty fun one to watch. <laughs> About hours after, I said, you know what? I think I'd rather watch Portland and, and Denver because of the lack of star power. Well, uh, star power was pretty good last night. And it was entertaining to watch. Uh, how about Giannis and the Bucks? The Celtics can't win at home. I've got a question for you NBA people. Can Kyrie Irving win without LeBron James? And, oh, my goodness. Are we up on the video feeds, Coos, yet? Because I won't even mention this until I'm we started are. right something. now. Well, you tell me say. when to say something, and I'll, and I'll say something. What's going uh, on? Until then. How are we doing? Hello, Austin Lane. I have no idea what Telvin Smith said on Instagram. <sighs> Man, it's tricky, isn't it? It is tricky. <laughs> so one could think it's not that big a deal, which I think the general public thinks. But not that big a deal in what way? Like, well, I mean, was this a positive thing? It was kind of weird in general, in my opinion. Like, it didn't. Like, I think he meant it to be a positive thing, but the way it came off, it was like you're not going to contact your coaches first or, or the GM. You're going to go on Instagram and on the live feed and talk to people first. I mean, whatever. That's cool. But uh, I'm not sure if you noticed, but he said he's staying in Duval forever. But then when he said he's staying in Duval, he also pointed to uh, an Atlanta Braves hat. Uh, Ooh, conspiracy talk. Let's do it. I, I, I just have – I think he's he, he was tough to interpret in that two minutes and 16 seconds yesterday. I really, yeah. We'll play it for you. But, I mean, I I, I don't know. What to think? Like I was, hey Telvin, it was great to hear from you, man. Staying in Duval, I got that part. But what else is happening like this week? Like, why are you not here? And did he say you'll know more in a couple of days? I mean, is, is something coming up this week that I don't know about? Is he coming <laughs> to rookie minicamp, even though he's not a rookie? Yeah. Well, he said what? Like we're all talking about it, but we'll find out this week, which makes. I mean, I feel like if it's something bad, he wouldn't go public with it. You know, like he'd he'd let the the proper procedures go through. So I don't think it's something bad necessarily. I'm just curious to see what it is. I mean, hey, if if you thought like a, like an Avengers trailer or like a Game of Thrones tease was bad, like Talvin Smith teasing something big, man, we're uh, we're on the edge of our seats here waiting to hear. It was fascinating uh, when it came out, and I retweeted uh, Demetrius Harvey on uh, on Twitter there, and he was founded on Instagram, and it was like about midnight last night. It, and there was some response underneath. Oh, great. Good. That's uh, awesome, Telvin. You're staying in Duval. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Not so fast. Like, did he say that? Like, he said, he, yeah, he never wants to leave Duval. Mm-hmm. I get it. That If you take that as like a verbatim, like, I'll be back and I'll be on the roster this year and I'm never leaving and playing this contract out and I'm going to retire a Jags player. Uh, all right. Let's not be that naive. OK, uh, I still have no idea what's going on with Telvin Smith. Bottom line, uh, it was a wacky and weird two minutes and 16 second message again we'll play it a little bit later on but uh it's fascinating just to kind of reset the delvin thing i we thought there were three things at 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 play potentially Mm -hmm. with telvin one and i thought you brought up a really good point one was did he was he asked maybe to take a pay cut or restructure and he got offended by that 
Yep. I thought that was pretty good. I thought I, I didn't think of it necessarily like that. The trade rumors, right? Mm-hmm. And he had, did reference the trade rumors yesterday. Does did that get him upset that potentially the Jags were shopping him and he got wind of that and didn't like that? Uh, does he, some way, shape, or form, want to restructure his contract based on other people the way they're being paid, and he thinks he deserves more? I mean, I don't. I don't know how there, you could think there's that. There's no way you could justify that. But I'm just saying you never know with players, right? I mean, he just watched, we just watched Le'Veon Bell sit out. We just watched Antonio Brown get a bigger contract because he played his games. So could that be the case? And then I even threw out there the idea, and again, this is just total. We're just trying to figure out all these scenarios. Is there something up with him in the NFL? You know, is mm-hmm. there something going on there where there potential suspension or investigation or that we just don't know and we don't hear about until something like that happens. So those were all the scenarios we played out. I don't think I missed one in that. Um, or does he simply just, I guess we should say this, just not want to come to voluntary workouts and he doesn't want to pick up the phone and answer and call Coach Marone or Coughlin and that's where we're at. Is, is it as simple as that? So those are all the scenarios we have played out in the last couple of weeks involving Telvin Smith. And what I'm really getting at here is – I don't think I got an answer to any of them. No, not at all. Like I said, if a tinfoil hat um, instigators want to say, well, he was wearing Atlanta Braves hat, I mean, so be it. But you can't take anything from an Instagram video like that. Like he said, I guess we'll find out in the next couple days or so. Um, If it was bad, I don't think you come on Instagram and say, well, hey, everybody tune in in a couple weeks or a couple days because guess what? Something bad's about to happen. Like, you wouldn't do that. So, I I mean, honestly, I have have no idea what what he's referring to. I guess we will find out like everybody else. I really have no guess, honestly, because like I said, if it was something negative, I don't think you go on Instagram and, and talk it up at all. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. And now we are up on the video feed. Yes, we are. So now. Mm hmm. How you doing, Brent? What what in the world? Hey, what in the world let's, let's, is happening here? Let's go ahead and check the emails real quick. I think we should wear Met Gala outfits to the show Tuesday. <laughs> what what day is it today, Coos? Coos, <laughs> what what day is it today? Is today Tuesday? Just shake your head, yes. Okay, it's Tuesday. Well, what else is new? Coos is eating. Uh, exactly. So I don't know. When I get a work email, I abide by it. I made a tactical error by wearing a suit coat because I'm sweating my butt off, and I have no shirt underneath this. So I'm not going to take the coat off, so I'm sweating here. And, Brent, what are you wearing, man? What's going on here? Uh, are you, uh, normal. Should are I you take a, my shirt off? No, you don't take your shirt off, but you said Met Gala outfits, <laughs> and I'm the only one that hold dressed up, up today. Hold up. Before I get called out, I was your, your already here. not working. I was already yeah, – no, it's not. You're not hearing me? It's t- nah, we, you're probably all messed up. Uh, Don't worry. Yeah, we can hear you. We'll fix you. Okay. He came in the studio and screwed up the studio. By the way, hey, Coos, you should be writing a note to the rest of the station that somebody came in the studio and messed it up. All right? Are you all I right can't. over there? Coos, yeah, I'm trying to figure dumbfounded. I'm trying to figure it out for you guys. But don't worry about uh, – Austin's going to go crazy over here because he can't hear you. Don't worry. I think we're okay. <laughs> we're on the air. Austin, we'll figure out okay, Austin's whatever. thing in a minute. Someone we, you, touched we my can, stuff. Yeah, somebody messed around with the, the buttons here in the ESPN 690 Sabotage. studio. Which, by the way, nobody else uses this studio. Yeah. So who came in here and messed it up? Right before we're about to go on, we can't. I couldn't hear anything. I know. Who's fixed that? Who's is all crazy about the board. Back. Now Austin gives the thumbs up. You're all right. You're hearing Co- me now. I'm good. Okay, good. We need, to, we need a, a letter to everybody in the building. Somebody came up here and messed it up. There was a cup on my seat, so I know oh. somebody was up here. 
Well, what I was going to say okay. is I was already here at I'm work venting. when that email went out. So mm. it was too late for me to to uh Was dress it though? Up. Yeah, it was here. Brent, what's your excuse, man? I don't really have an excuse. From, from the guy that put out the email that said a dress up for Met Galladay comes in looking like a Marshall's model. <laughs> like a M- Marshall's mannequin. I prefer Marshall's like Banana mannequin. Republic or no, the Gap. No, I think we're going to Marshall's today because I'm, I'm not in a good mood. Republic shirt. Well, I'm not in a good mood right now. Surprise Marshall's you didn't say mannequin. Like vineyard Vines or something. No, no we're going to go with a Marshall Mannequin look. And uh, why aren't you dressed up, sir? Um, I I put that out there because I was watching all the Twitter feeds. Yeah. And so Some of those outfits were ridiculous. So here's a. Hey, look at me right now. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm that saying. That was the point. I'm wearing a turquoise necklace. I really didn't think like Austin was going to do it. Really? Wait, really? But, you didn't but really, think but I was going to do question. that? Okay, so you had like you had like less than an hour to prep. Yeah. Do you just own that? No. <laughs> yeah. Went through my wife's closet and I said, I'm sorry. I, I kind of made a mess in your closet, but I had to grab some. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Kuz, I, I, I want a turquoise necklace around my neck. Hey, right I would just, this uh, is mine. That's you know? A, that's actually a great point, Kuz, because what happens here is like last night I'm watching that Met Gala stuff and I retweet. I was like, we got to redo fashion, right? Because I didn't understand what the Met Gala even was. Yeah. But. Odell Beckham Jr., I'm like, are you serious, oh, dude? That, that, like, that's in my balling, Brandon. Uh, your pump your brakes a little bit. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, balling. Here I, we go. I celebrate uh, that. And so so anyway, I'm like, what is going on? And then I'm seeing uh, Katy Perry. It looks like a chandelier. Love it. And I'm uh, like, what is going on? So forward. I start reading up Travis on. Scott looked like a ghostbuster. I start reading up on the Met Gala because I don't know what the heck this thing is. And so I said, we got to wear outfits like this. And so that's last night. Meanwhile, I put together the rundown. I keep adding to it last night, this morning. I finally get it out uh, after playing 18 holes of golf this morning uh, around uh, 1230, 1 o'clock. And so you really didn't even get the email till 1 o'clock. So Kuz is right on the money. That's amazing turnaround for you to come Woke in up with like this, this outfit. Like, what are you? What Woke is up like this? This is, this is fashion, Brent. I am, I am fashion. I am fashion. What happened to, like, the scarf thing you had? It is 95 degrees. Well, you put it on. People are watching now okay. on the video feed. All right, hang on. Yeah, put the scarf on. <laughs> like, I'm ready Wait. to go to Coachella. I might be the lead singer of Greta Van Fleet. I might uh, be going to a funeral. I don't know. Uh, I might be going to a lot of places. I mean, might that is gypsy. amazing that you came up with that that quick. Oh, Brent. And not only that, it's amazing that you've got the I really to wear that. I oh, really, come on, man. You think I care? It's I expected you to show up like a, dressed like a hamburger, like Katy Perry. A hamburger? Yeah, she was a hamburger last night. I thought she was no, a chandelier. She was a chandelier. Oh, someone was a someone was a hamburger then. I really oh. thought you were going to come dressed as like a food. Do you so, know what <laughs> costs $35,000 for tickets? Pocket change for fashion. Do you fashion, know you Brent? look a little bit like Sonny? Sonny, like Sonny and Cher? Yeah. S- Sonny Bono? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a stretch, isn't it? Sonny <laughs> Bono? <laughs> come on, Brent. <laughs> do, do you know what this Met Gala is? Well, I really, I, it's where a bunch of people wear ridiculous things and talk. It, it's Sounds like a socialite event, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be like this red carpet, uh, Oscars of the East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's $35,000 a ticket. Yeah. And, and every single year there's a different theme. And they have themes. And to be honest with you, if I read, I read you this article. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this article and I'm like, I can't even understand what they're talking about here. Like it's some, they're like, they say this famous, uh, it, the theme was after a famous book, I think, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that I'm and, sure I, 1% of that whole McDowell like, crowd read. I'm like, that's famous? Like I've never even heard of this. But it probably shows you my lack of culture. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, this is outstanding. <laughs> Thank you. Mike. I'll go to the Thanks Harry for, Potter themed Met Gala. You know, when I when I put Thanks the, for doing my job, you're welcome. Suggestions out for the rundown. Like you guys are more than capable, and if you want to be willing to give a little feedback, like, hey Brent, what hey. do you mean by Met Gala? Hey, like, dude, what are you talking hey, about? Guess what? I texted you and said I'll find an outfit. And that was it. So I texted the group, you're in the wrong here, not me. Don't make it sound like, oh, no, no. well, Austin hey. took it a little too far here. Here's the no, thing. No, I'm just following directions. You're absolutely directions. in the right. Here's the thing. Thank you very this much. This is fantastic. Thank you. Most of the time. I underneath you by the time oh, you're done. It's, it's, it's warm. It's real toasty. <laughs> Most of the time I don't read the email, so about 20 minutes before the show. Yeah. So there's a good That's chance apparent. even if you did send it <laughs> in time. I don't think Kuz even reads the emails in general, so stop lying, Kuz. It's fine. No, I do. I, we I, get I'm, it. I'm reading it right now. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> All right. Hey, you don't need $35,000 to come to this party. Met Gala ESPN 690, River City, Jacksonville, Northeast Florida edition. It's on. Let's talk some sports. And you might want to change, my friend. I know. We'll see. It's coming up on ESPN 690. More on Telvin. A little NBA chatter as well. Some Tiger Woods talk. And you might see my entire rundown because I think Austin tweeted it. Yeah, well, <laughs> well I didn't put anything offensive on there. I was going to be excited for the Met Gala at ESPN 690. Uh, stay with us or join us. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. The Met Gala is for real. Yeah. So a little upset that nobody else um, followed through with it, but it's whatever. Maybe how we're mine tomorrow. This is, uh, I mean... I don't want to call this a form of bullying, but it could be considered bullying. <laughs> and I might get HR on the horn because I saw HR in the hallway and they're wondering what, what I'm wearing with my <laughs> with my chest exposed. And I had to tell her, oh, no, it's cool. It's 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 Met Gala Day at ESPN 690. You didn't know? Thought you knew. There was a big announcement via email. Yeah. So really, really get a lot of weird looks awesome. in the hallway in the lunchroom, but whatever. That I, is so great. I really don't care. <laughs> and then, you know what? Can, can we be honest? That's that's what I like about you, by the way. Yeah, you really I, don't. I, I don't care. Uh, but props to Brent Martineau because, you know, I had to get dressed up and everything. And I walk in and just the consummate professional didn't get thrown off at all, didn't lose a step, <laughs> didn't lose a beat. Him. Nothing phased him. So props to him for, oh, man. for uh, maintaining. Hey, uh... Can Kyrie Irving win without LeBron James? Is that a fair question? I, I almost threw that out on Twitter last night. And I was like, wait a minute. I got to think this one through a little bit. Um, I, But I'm I starting to have – I mean, you listen, you could argue, I guess, in Cleveland a little bit, could LeBron win without Kyrie Irving, right? When Never they won the title. Yeah. Uh, he, they won together that year, and then they didn't. But – I don't know. Kyrie Irving's slumping big time. He's not carrying the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, they lose two in a row at home after splitting on the road. They they just blew the series. I mean, they, they blew the series. And Kyrie Irving, uh, he left to go to Boston to be a star. He left to be the Kevin Durant uh, when Curry was by himself. The Russell Westbrook, the Kawhi Leonard, uh, the LeBron. You know, name them. Everybody's got one. Anthony Davis. You know, he left to be the guy because he was in LeBron's shadow, right? I mean, that That's pretty much why he wanted to get away. And... They've been good in Boston, and they've actually outperformed at times over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but then one year, wasn't he banged up and hurt? Well, last year, it he was, was hurt. It in was the last playoffs. year at the end? In the playoffs. Scary Terry. Terry. Yeah. Uh, that's where Scary Terry came out, yeah. Terry Rose. So, and now this. And, you know, I just say, speaking of pump your brakes, we mm-hmm. say that on, uh, a couple times on the show. Hey, New York Knickerbockers, don't get <laughs> so excited about Kyrie Irving. Pump your brakes. And Durant. And Listen, they've got plenty of talent on Boston. This series should be at least 2-2 right now, Celtics and, and yeah. Milwaukee. 
And I'm not sure Kyrie Irving can get it done. Well, and, and that's the point, though, Brent. You say they have a lot of talent, and I think they do. I mean, as far as depth, too, I mean, I think they're one of the deepest teams in the NBA. But history has shown us, and, you know, they're the, the, the Celtics are behind, you know, 3-1 right now to the Bucks, And it's showing us this year, too, that I don't think Kyrie can do it himself. And he needs that, uh, you know, he needs another star player. Like, it seems like, you know, when, when, when Kyrie had that success in Cleveland with LeBron, I mean, there'd be like a few games where Kyrie would just show up, you know, and he would drop 40-something points, 10 assists, and just ball out. But then there's other games where, you know, Le- LeBron had to take over. And the way the Celtics are built right now, I mean, it's built for Kyrie to be the main man all the time. Now, that's not to say, you know, whether it's uh, – you got Al Horford to kind of shoulder some of that. But, I mean, the ball goes through Kyrie, you know, and he's a good facilitator as well. But when his shot is off, that whole team is off. And Kyrie's going to get a shot regardless. So if he's having a rough shooting night like last night, actually the past three games, um, there's going to be problems in Boston. And that's just the way it is because I don't think there's anybody else on that team that can take over like Kyrie can. Yeah, I mean – I like Kyrie Irving. I think he's a good player. This isn't a, a hammering of him, but now I start to wonder. I, I still wonder about Harden. Now, Harden comes up big yesterday. I mean, Harden, ever since now, those two shots that he hit in overtime and this compilation of that game, those last couple of shots to win, help win game three, even though they had nine lives and got a lot of chances, in my opinion, uh, he finally delivered in that game. Well, this game, he was outstanding. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what Kyrie Irving's supposed to do. So I have my doubts uh, if if Kyrie Irving can deliver. Uh, listen, you get enough talent around you, you get enough talent, and, and you can win. Um, I think the Celtics have a lot of talent. I mean, this isn't a team void of talent, and you're asking him to do it all by himself uh, or even with just one other player. It's a well-coached basketball team with a lot of talent. The bottom line is Kyrie Irving, I don't think, had a point in the second half for the first, like, you know, 18 minutes or something of the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't do that. I mean, they, Giannis went on the bench for like nine minutes, and the Celtics couldn't close the gap. I was right with him because Giannis was in foul trouble. Yeah, I mean, so I was watching that game last night, obviously, and then once Giannis went to the bench, I'm like, oh, great, here we go. Yeah, here yeah. come the Boston Celtics back because Giannis is such a big part of that team. But then all of a sudden, here, here comes George Hill out of nowhere, you know, turning back the hands of time one <laughs> three-pointer at a time, and uh, George Hill had a great game. And, you know, I think Milwaukee's deep as well. But the thing with Giannis, which is so great, that I'm such a big fan of his because unlike Kyrie, Giannis Giannis doesn't have to live by that three-point shot. Now, Kyrie can drive, too, but Giannis lives in the paint. Whether it's posting up, whether it's getting offensive rebounds and putting them back, whether it's driving, like, Giannis has a really good field goal percentage because he lives in the paint. And if you can do that, you're getting your points regardless. Yeah, the one thing I always thought about Kyrie Irving, few people, in my opinion, over a stretch of time, especially in the Cleveland time, but in Boston, too, finish around the rim like Kyrie Irving. I mm-hmm. think he's a fantastic finisher. It wasn't last night. It hasn't been the last couple of days. But I think if you overall look at his resume, that's what I see. When I see Kyrie Irving, yeah, he's a scorer. But the, the ability to score at the rim for a guy his size especially, uh, not that he's super small, but, I mean, he's not Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's a, he's a tremendous finisher of the basketball around the rim. Uh, that's what always jumps out uh, about that. All right, we got a series now, Coos Driving Dish podcast. Houston Golden State, now it's back on. <laughs> I like it. That's how it goes with these sometimes. I mean, Harden was good yesterday. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Harden was awesome yesterday. Let's just say good. I thought he was not only – listen, you can look at the point total at the end of the day, and you can tell me in game three if you want that he hit two shots that were big at the end, and I agree with you. But if you watched the basketball game, you did not come away with saying, man, Harden's carrying this team. Mm-hmm. You know, P.J. Tucker's carrying the team. 
P.J. Tucker is giving them life. But that's what they wanted from him. They wanted that defensive uh, punch, I guess, is the word. And and that's what they kind of expected when they did go and get P.J. Tucker. But if you go back to game number two – they, remember that was the game, I think it was Golden State, out-rebounded, out-hustled, out-worked on the offensive glass, especially Houston. That was that game. I yeah. think they had like 14 more shots in that game because of turnovers and offensive yeah. rebounds. Well, last night it was the, the, the script has been flipped, and I think even in game three, not necessarily flipped, but it was a lot closer. And I think Tucker's got a lot to do with that. Tucker's kind of uh, – you know, every t- team that, that wins has that guy, you know, from the Bulls that had Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. to even Draymond Green, although he's capable of scoring and getting a triple. He's kind of that guy. Feels like the that bully. guy. Iguodala yeah. is, is that guy in a sense, too, for the Warriors. But Tucker is, is being that guy the last couple of days. He's actually uh, been real fun to watch. So well, and, and the shocking thing to me is, and I, I talked about this before a little bit, like if I was the Rockets and I look at the Warriors, like where are they most – um, exposed, I guess. And yes, James Harden's going to get his points, but I, I would feel like Clint Compella would would be the guy to go to at the center spot now that Cousins is gone. And you know, they're, they're he might they're, come back. You saw putting, that? Uh, I saw he might come back, which I guess. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> if you can, hey, if you can give Draymond Green or somebody else, if you can give him like ten minutes, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't have to give him a lot, just enough to get some rest for some other players because they're kind of struggling with with that. Um. And then obviously but, some shooting. But getting back to the point, though, I mean, the Rockets went with a smaller lineup last night because Capella only had like 20-something minutes yeah. in the game. Uh, they went smaller, and it worked out well for him. So uh, I wonder if that's kind of the ticket going forward where you would think Capella would be the dude just keep fitting him in the post, but that's not the case at all. He only had six points last night. All See, right. I, uh, what happens next? What happens? Three-game series. I think I think what we really need to focus on and look at is uh, um, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Both of their shooting has not been great. Clay or uh, Steph Curry specifically with the finger, I don't know how much that's affecting the shot. Um, it also a good start yesterday, but then just twenty six, yeah, twenty eight percent, four for fourteen from three, including both Durant and him having a chance at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the there is one little hiccup there that you it gives you pause. It says, wait a minute. The Warriors don't miss that. The, the well, Warriors right. don't miss those two. They might miss one, but they don't miss two. The thing that's scary though is once you know. Steph or Clay or both, maybe you know anybody else on this team too turns it around. It can start coming real fast, and that's the problem that you got to be worried about with the Warriors. So like Rockets, like I take it as yes, that was awesome. You guys uh, tied the series up, but if you even like you you, you got to press down on the gas now. You got to really just keep going and, and try to take advantage of the slump that Curry and Clay and kind of Durant are in as well. I never uh, yeah, Dur- I mean Durant's been scoring a yeah. bunch. He missed that shot, but he's been scoring a bunch. I. I think I will give this uh, to Houston. Even I think in all four games, they have played extremely hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think game two is a little bit like, man, you give up 18 offensive rebounds. You, you're getting worked a little bit. Um, but I do feel like it jumps off. You don't see that in NBA game very, a lot, you know, where guys are working at both ends. They are working. You know, they are they are playing hard. I believe that's almost the best the Rockets can play yesterday. I felt like that. I, I think that was their game. I, I think that's like – and I'm not saying they can't do that again. I mean, they can play like that again. But I'm not sure there's much more of a ceiling for the Rockets. Now, I don't even have – I'm talking from the eye test. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even have the numbers in front of me. I mean, I don't know if they shot 54% or 48%. So, yes, you can always make more shots. But I just think the way they played the game, the way that game – there was never really a doubt in my mind, even though they got two looks to tie the game. 
that they were losing the game. Mm-hmm. Like they were in control of that game pretty much from late in the second quarter all the way on and really never relinquished it. To me, the stretch at the end is just the NBA. It's like yeah. the NFL, right, where you can be leading for 58 minutes and all of a sudden the team that stunk all day still has a chance with an onside kick and potentially a Hail Mary or a 58-yard field goal. Yeah. That's what it felt like in that game. And I thought Houston played really well. I just don't know if they can play a lot better. Yeah, you know, and especially because Golden State, I mean, they had an off night. You could tell that for sure. Um, they didn't even scratch the surface of what they're capable of. So I think it's scary going back to Golden State. But let me ask you this question. From the NBA perspective, from this narrative going on right now, if if you're NBA, if you're TNT or you're ESPN, who, who's ever showing the games, and I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch, but I think Milwaukee's going to move on from Boston, and it could be either Milwaukee or Philly or Milwaukee and Toronto uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Is that going to hurt the NBA if Milwaukee or Toronto is in the Eastern Conference, you know, for the championship? I mean, and I'm sure the NBA is hoping that Golden State makes it because heaven forbid the Trail Blazers or the Denver Nuggets make the Western Conference. Could you imagine? Could you imagine those ratings? Yeah, and, and listen, and you, you've we've talked about this in the past. We talked about it a little bit, I think, with the Super Bowl uh, and maybe a couple other things. I'm a TV guy. I like the ratings. I, I look at the ratings. I see the ratings. I, I think the ratings mean stuff. Uh, it's an inexact science. I think we forget about that part. It's a big-time inexact science. Um, but I don't believe, like, yeah, the ratings may be down a little bit. But here's the deal. I think the ratings will be down in general because LeBron James isn't going to be in the finals. LeBron James would make the finals be more entertaining regardless. So Yeah, but people tuning in to see the Warriors get beat is going to be intriguing too. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not discounting that. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Yes, will the Warriors in it against whoever be a bigger draw? If they the make 76ers it, that is. say. Yeah. Absolutely. Or the Celtics. Absolutely. They're bigger markets, more engagement. They're, leg- they're traditionally good uh, franchises or at least have a history. Toronto, Milwaukee, no. Denver, no. Portland, no. But my point is, it's not the death of the NBA if one of those teams make it and the ratings drop three or four points this time around. Oh, I'm it's not just, sure. Yeah, I mean, that NBA is a machine. It's going to keep it's on one going. one of those things. Yeah, without know? a doubt. But I'm just I'm curious to not see how the, how, the, how the public would respond. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, say Giannis does win the MVP. I mean, I feel like that's an intriguing angle, but I, I really don't know how many people tune in to see the MVP that's not LeBron James. Yeah. That's not Steph Curry. Telvin Smith talked back at it on ESPN 690 next. We gotta get the magic whiteboard going. Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. We gotta start talking. Maybe uh, not put my back nine score on today. It was bad. Pretty bad. Oh, did you go by yourself or did you? No. Did you have a friend? I had a friend. Cool. I always like. Uh, I played. Uh, I always play a little golf. Well, not always, but sometimes with uh, Jimbo Cavanaugh yep. and uh, my old buddy down there off two ten. And uh, so we played, and we teamed up with a couple guys. And they were uh, federal agents. Like FBI. Yeah, or I, I never really, I didn't ask too many questions. Why not? Well, because I'm wanted in a few states. Pick their brain, man. Get some answers. What a guy was from Detroit. Wait, so the guy said he's a federal agent? Yeah, two, both of them were. Do you, do you know who's no? See, I'm not. I think that they were uh, joking. I think I don't think that's true. Because it's like I feel Fight like, Club. Yeah, I feel, I feel like if you're it. a federal agent, you don't say, "Well, I'm a federal agent." Can't get into it though. They'd probably lie. And say something else. So you got taken. I don't think I was taken. Okay. Did they have a badge? Were they official? Did they have a I mustache? Didn't ask them. Were they wearing aviators? No. Were they carrying a gun? Uh, they said he carries a gun. 
Was it on him? I don't know. I didn't. Well, I, I mean, purchase the guy. Someone, I was playing golf. If someone's carrying a gun on their waist, it's pretty obvious. You have to carry a gun on your waist playing golf if I you're th- a federal agent. I feel like if you're a federal agent, you're gonna have a gun on your waist, or like a uh, maybe like in a jacket. Was it was a guy wearing a jacket? It was 90 degrees out. Brent, and we're playing Brent, golf. These federal agents don't mess around, man. I think you got taken. It's all good. I don't. Brent, Brent, Brent played with some guy that works at Sam's Club, <laughs> and then the guy said he's a federal agent. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> One guy was from Detroit, and uh, the other guy used to live in Detroit, so they were buddies. But he came down for like the week, and they were playing some golf. Mm. And uh, beyond like a that, cool story. But man, Detroit's one of those. Detroit's a, an amazing city in a, in a lot of different ways. Uh, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's like, can you, to say that, yeah. I mean, really, there will be there already is stuff on Detroit mm-hmm. in terms of the the history of it and where it was like. You know, oh, from Motown to Cars and the from the 50s and 60s and 70s. And I, I don't know if Detroit's ever booming, but well, they said today 2 million Motown, people. Motown, Brent, it was the place to be back yeah, in the day. 2 million people one time lived, like, in the city limits of Detroit. Yeah. And he told me today, he said, now there are 600,000. Really? Isn't that amazing? Well, have you ever been to Detroit for, yeah. for a Lions game? Yeah. But downtown uh, was, is not, see, see, and by the way, wait, wake up Jacksonville, because even Detroit, which might be one of the... Like considered, and I'm not killing Detroit. I'm just saying no. most, a lot of people say, "Man, what happened to Detroit?" It might be one of the worst cities, uh, uh, depending on how you want to measure it, in a lot of ways in, in the United States from a big city standpoint. And they have built up downtown where downtown is nice. Like it's a nice downtown in it's Detroit. Booming. It's right around downtown that really is bad, in yeah. bad shape. But so Jacksonville, wake up. We can do it, too. Well, Let's go. What really tripped me out, and I don't think I've really told this story before, is when I played for the Lions back in, uh, I think it was, two, it would have been 2013. That's right. I forgot you played. Yeah. So, like, you, you've you driven to the game before, like a Lions game. Yeah. 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 And, like, most, you know, most, like, NFL teams, they have spots, you know, whether it's in the city or out on the outskirts where people tailgate, right? Like in oh, Jacksonville, yeah. there's spots to tailgate. When I drove to my first Lions game when I was playing, like people were like in alleyways, like tailgating. Really? It, it was a really weird scene. Yeah. yeah because like you think of tailgating being like these wide open spaces, yeah. these wide open areas. And I'm not sure if I took, I took the wrong road or whatever. But where I was, man, like people were in alleys, like tailgating, which doesn't seem like the most legit place to tailgate, but they made it work. Huh. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It's a pretty cool um, stadium, though. It is a good stadium. Yeah, I like it's a that. good venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the, all the venues down there are nice. Mm-hmm. Their teams are not very good. Pistons made the playoffs. Detroit, yeah. obviously, is Detroit from a football standpoint. The Tigers are not very good right now. And the Red Wings, even, after this long run, not Easy very good Brent. right now. Easy so, with my wings. They're not. I mean, they're that's not. just the way it is. Yeah. But uh, the best part about Detroit when I've gone, by the way, the first place I ever saw a Major League Baseball game was in Detroit, the old cool. Tiger Stadium. Uh, and... When we went with the Jags in recent year, whatever, it wasn't this last time, but it was like two times ago, we stayed in the airport hotel. Like, there's a hotel in the airport. Dang. Not, like, adjacent to the hotel, mm-hmm. to the airport. I mean, in the airport. So you, you actually can, like, walk around the concourse and in the mall and, and stuff like that uh, if well, you stay in the hotel. I was going to ask weird. you, did it's you ever stay in the Ford Hotel? No. So when I got to Detroit, they put us up in the Ford Hotel for a week. And the Ford Hotel is like, you know, five stars. I mean, it's it's like the Ritz-Carlton. It's legit. It's it's the Ford Hotel. And if your name Ford's going to be on it, guess what? I think your name means something. So it's going to be a legit hotel. So stayed there, man. And it was fantastic. Well, after the week, um, you know, the pro, like the uh, player personnel guy goes, all right, well, you have to find your own place to stay. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you can't stay in the, the Ford for the, the whole time you're here. I'm like, oh, well, nobody told me that. So fantastic. So I 
ended up staying an extended stay, and the extended stay was off Dearborn where we used to train. And uh, did I ever tell the story about the murder bears? No. Are you sure? No, I don't think so. So in Dearborn... Sorry, uh, Telvin, you're going to wait a few minutes. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's, it's the murder bear it's story. It's story time. So, uh, we'll get to Telvin a little okay, bit. Okay, so where, our, where, where the Lions training facility was, it was a place called Dearborn, uh, kind of on the outskirts of Detroit, probably 30 minutes away from downtown. And Dearborn, uh, to be fair, was a little bit of a rough neighborhood. Um, there were some spots. And I'll never forget when I drove in. Um, I, I didn't drive personally. I flew in and the, some scout came to get me or whatever. And we're driving by to the facility. And I turn and see these fences with bears, like these these teddy bears in the fence. I'm like, dude, I got to ask, what's up with all these teddy bears in the fence? He goes, oh, those those are the murder bears. I'm like, what? The murder bears. He's like, every time a child is killed in the streets, they put up a murder bear for, for their memory. Brent, there was like 200 murder bears along these fences. I'm just like, oh, cool. So now I have to go find a place by an extended stay, which is right by the fence where the murder bears were. Fantastic. Can I go back to the Ford Hotel? I will pay for it. You know, it's so unbelievable. So it's kind of a sketchy scene in Dearborn, but uh, yeah, man, that was definitely a different culture. I wasn't ready for. I mean, it's like a des. It can be in pockets. I think outside yeah. the city limits, a desolate city. It is, man. I mean, for yeah. a big city in the United States, it's it's really crazy. I'll tell you this: if you're the best story I've ever seen, my favorite story. I'm not sure it's the best. There's a lot. Tom Rinaldi does great stories. Uh, but I think my favorite story I've ever seen done, especially in local TV, a guy by the name of Charlie McDuff, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Go look it up. Google it. Check out the video. It's probably from, shoot, man, like eight or nine years ago. But he golfs around the city of Detroit. So, And he is golfing partly because you can roll the ball for miles without seeing anything because it's all vacant places. Mm-hmm. Or he stops and talks to the people about how bad the city is doing, the city government, the city like police and fire. There's not enough of all this stuff. But I really, if you want to see a really cool story, a memorable one, I, I love the story. I cool. thought it was really good. Charlie McDuff. I don't know. I think he worked for like the Fox affiliate in Detroit. Not even sure if he's still there. But it's one of my favorite television stories I've ever seen, like locally done, um, and it's really, really good. So I'll have to check uh, that out. if you want to see though. Where, what kind of city Detroit is. And, and that was probably seven, eight years, maybe coming out of the recession, so it was a little different. Um, that's a good one to check oh, out. I would say I would say 8 Mile, too. I mean, when I had some time off in the facility, I had to drive to see what 8 Mile was all about. I think I was going to see like a rap battle outside or something. No, that was not the case at all. It's a, it's a rough neighborhood. From Detroit to a very inspirational story. Yeah. We'll share that coming up next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back here on the show. We have a Detroit Lions fan in listening to uh, us rip Detroit. We're really ripping Detroit. That's the way Detroit is right now. Port, Port Hotel. Well, that's the way it was in 2013. I'm sure it's better now than yeah, it was maybe in 2013. Yeah. But their teams stink right okay, now. Okay, Brent. Well, shots fired. Um, so <laughs> that's Detroit. Hey, we'll get to the Telvin Smith stuff in just a moment. But uh, right now, happy to be joined by Kevin Atlas, uh, the inspirational story of the 29-year-old who played uh, college basketball at Manhattan and uh, was the first Division One basketball player with one hand on a scholarship. Uh, listen, that was 2009 to 2012. Would that have been – who was the coach there? Uh, Barry Rorson was there when I started and Steve Masiello when I finished. Okay, so very good. different staffs. I'm going to move that mic in front of you just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, we have – you did not get the Met Gala uh, memo today, so Nobody you're not did, dressed apparently. like Austin. So we moved Austin <laughs> – 
out of the the video feed. That's okay. She only picks up these two spots. So that way we don't have to My look at Austin. My essence is still shining through on, on the microphone. Brand, you can't so. stop him, man. Yeah, you, you can't, can't stop, stop him. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. He's got the chest going, the hair. He's oh, looking like a, a, a good-looking Austin Powers out here. I appreciate yeah, him, man. He's the chest it. is going and the HR is not impressed, but it's all good, man. That's the <laughs> and, 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 paper By passion. the way, if, if you guys are ragging on Detroit, he's probably better off off, off the camera anyway. You're the, you're the target right now, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I, uh, I was thinking... As we went to break, I said, oh, we've got Kevin coming on. Oh, shoot, we have guests. And look at the way Austin's dressed. Yeah, How am I going to explain this? Man. Yeah, well, and especially because this guy's towering over me. So I'm, I'm already intimidated. And then I'm dressed like I am. It's like, yeah. That's just, good. How do you, that dude can have my seat for sure. How do you think we feel, man? You're 6'6", six, six, and he still towers over you. I know, man. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Six foot 11. Six eleven. It's gross, man. Giant creature. <laughs> this guy. That's awesome. Oh, man, it's tough. It's, uh, it's weird, too, because I, I have one hand. So get this, man. And when I when I travel, I try to go exit row. Obviously, oh, they take me out of it constantly because oh, I can't you. open the door. Man, la- last night I was in a mood. I uh, got into Jacksonville at 3 a.m. I kept having plane delays and problems, and they tried to kick me out of the exit row. And I was like, you, you don't think I- you want me to open the door? And I started to open it, and they flipped out. And <laughs> they-, they-, they stopped. They let me stay there. I, you know, yeah, it was wild. It was crazy. I've never done that before, but it totally worked. So new clever trick, baby. Kick hey. a giant one-armed guy out of exit row. I'll tell yeah, you. be careful Crazy right there. things will happen, but... I, I yeah. bet you put the stewardess in a tough spot. <laughs> it's, it's awkward for everybody, but I roll with the punches, man. I travel probably 150, 170 flights a year, so it's uh, all over the world. Been to 49 states, every continent, but Antarctica at this point, man, I've been very blessed. I've been able to inspire and touch many people all over, so it's awesome. That's a, that's a really cool story, uh, and you were at Providence this morning. I'm uh, going to Jackson, I think, in First Coast tomorrow. Uh, you're going to visit 300 different places and schools with this Believe in You tour uh, over three-year time period. Uh, give me an idea of how this came about with Varsity Brands and, and you know, what, what sparked your interest in doing something um, – this ambitious, I guess, to reach out to a lot of kids. Very ambitious, and living off airplanes is not the easiest thing in the world. And and to be honest with you, speaking to kids is probably the hardest audience you could ever ask for. Speaking to like you know a thousand high school kids at seven a.m. who don't want to be there, who are miserable, right? And then walking away at eight a.m. with a standing ovation—that is an art form. I don't know if Tony Robbins could do it. I I mean, it's so hard <laughs> to get through to high schoolers. Uh, but but what they're suffering from is something that's. It's 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 almost the plague, and that's what I call it and refer to. I mean, the the social anxiety, uh, you know, the depression, the suicide rates are off the charts, yeah. and, and we hear about the shooting sometimes. But you know, what it's become is is this uh, this this effect of negativity that continues to spread. And and my analogy I use, if you have a you know a sport team. Uh, you know, and, and all the rookies are depressed, anxious, and suicidal. How's your team going to look in, in five years? Yeah. Yeah. Probably like the Detroit yeah. Lions. I'm sorry. That's the last one. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I'm a Raider fan, so I don't have any room oh, to talk. Really? We'll win something someday. From Jacksonville to Oakland to Detroit. <laughs> Might as well just throw Buffalo in. I know, right? <laughs> um, but, but, but again, it's like if you, if you take the youth of this country and you look at, you know, statistically how they're suffering and, and you say, how does, how is this country going to be? you know, mm-hmm. in the future. And so that's what I'm fighting with varsity brands. And they've been awesome to collaborate with. They do BSN sports, all the sporting equipments and, and spirit does all the dance and cheer uniforms. And, uh, you know, Herf Jones is the classroom letterman jackets. And I try to play Superman out there and, uh, you know, and, and do this on my own. I was, I was speaking to hundreds of thousands of people in a year. Uh, 
you know, Tony Robbins kind of mentored me a little bit and he said, you're going to kill yourself. You're, you're a martyr. You're getting your ass kicked and you need to figure out a better way to do it. And, and, and I talked to varsity brands about creating a believe in you series, which we had created as a free resource into high schools. The CEO of our city said, that's not enough. Let's get you on tour. And we've made major lasting change. We've already only spoke to like 40 plus schools so far. Uh, but we've, we've kicked some butt, man. We've made Dang. such a difference. We've saved a lot. I can't tell you the suicide letters we get from kids. We're really making a lasting impact. And I don't, I don't, I couldn't have the same impact alone as a unit. Now I have the whole Justice League. I mean, these guys have stepped up and they have a reach that is in every high school and middle school of the country in one, one aspect or another, other than the education system itself. They're in every school. So who better to partner with to, to make real change? Kevin, uh, you know, I mean, it's two things stand out. Obviously, you're, you're 6'11". All right? you're, you're a tall dude. You're a basketball player. And you're a basketball player that has one arm. And I'm always fascinated. I'm always intrigued by um, people's stories of coming up, you know, trying to make it to a get a scholarship, whatever your goals were, because most people, they have someone to watch and learn from. I mean, there wasn't a lot of one-armed guys coming up playing basketball. So, like, who are some of your role models and what was, like, I guess, like, your support system, like, for to inspire you to try to get that scholarship? That's incredible. I, th- I think my, my biggest role model uh, was it was Jim Abbott. You know him yeah. as a pitcher, mm-hmm. three no hitter for the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, he admitted to me, and I probably shouldn't rat him out here, but he said basketball is his favorite sport. Um, and he, <laughs> he had followed me for a long time as a little kid. He's the only other person other than Captain Hook who was any of a real dude, right? Yeah. Like that I knew that had one arm, and it's tough. You grow up. I was born with one arm. You know, broken household. Dad died, and you know I just really didn't stand much of a chance at life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a like poor me story, but it's it's actually helped me in hindsight be able to you know, really connect with a lot of kids going through struggle out there. And, you know, I was six four going into seventh grade, never played basketball Jeez. before. I know, disgusting creature. <laughs> and I, I went out and tried it for the team, and the coach he pulled me aside. He explained to me the basketball is a two-arm sport. Try something else. I've never <laughs> been a, like a one-arm player. So, Jeez. you know, what a punk. So yeah. uh, for, for me, it was it was difficult. It was challenging because, like, even getting recruited to college, it was hard because, you, you know, yeah, I'm tall, and yeah, I learned how to play basketball, and yeah, I kicked some butt of, of some major athletes who were the Morris Twins. Thomas Robinson played over at Kansas, and Luke Babbitt, and Nevada guy. I, I've played really good games against insanely good players, but they look at me and say, hey, way to go. Like, we don't know how to make you better. There's no film to watch. You know, there's, there's, I, they can't even perceive what I do. Uh, and, and understand like how I do it. They're so impressed by it. The real disability isn't that I have one arm. It's every other, everybody else's perspective of what I'm capable of doing, which made it very hard to get recruited to college. Yeah, yeah. It was challenging. So senior year, I had Pepperdine, St. Mary's, San Francisco all recruiting me. I was playing really well out in California. I get a call from the White House. Uh, and I, you know, I hung up on him. I thought it was a prank call. Uh, it was wild, man. And I was sitting in my English class. I picked up the phone in class. And, and uh, George W. Bush at the time had seen me in Sports Illustrated uh, 2007 going into 2008. And it was his last term in office. He flew out an Air Force One to meet me. I met him off the airplane as a senior in high school. Like, same guy. Didn't make my seventh grade basketball team because it was a two-arm sport. I'm like, yeah, what's up now, baby? A little nub for you. Uh, but I, le- I learned to believe in myself. And I worked hard at it because I fell in love with the game of basketball. Sure. And, uh you know, I was uh, unfortunately had a game that night. I had to rush back to the game, and I, I didn't have time to stretch or warm up. In the first quarter, I, I tried to dunk the basketball, landed on my leg wrong, and I broke it. Oh. I lost all my scholarship offers the same night. Like, I mean, everyone, wow, yeah, wow. they all withdrew. I didn't even apply to college. I ended up going to Fort Union Military Academy, military yeah. school out in Virginia for a year, prep school, and then and got recruited to Manhattan College. I had a bunch of walk-ons. They gave me a full ride, and somebody was going to take a chance on me like that. New York City is not the worst place to be. So, of course not. Uh, you know, loved going out there, you know, made history and opened the door.
door for a lot of other guys to come in and do the same. It's awesome. It's called Amazing. the Believe in You Speaking Tour uh, with Kevin Atlas and six foot eleven, one arm. The story's uh, fascinating. You said Tony Robbins, who obviously is a, a world renowned speaker. Um, what what did you learn from? Like, what did you learn that gets to the kids? Like, what did you learn in your talks, to, like today and and tomorrow that that registers because they do have a lot going on in their life. Mm. It might be 7 a.m. They might be half sleeping. We've all sat through assemblies in school, yeah. right? And 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 you're like, you go into it and you're like, oh, geez, here we go again. 100%. By the end of it, a lot of different times, you're like, that's pretty cool. I, I'm um, real what, with them. What registers with them? You're man? 100% right. I hated assembly. I don't know about you guys. I used to ditch school and go to this Chinese place downtown when we had them in high school. And <laughs> I, became, I became the opposite of what don't it was in high school. Don't give anybody It's tough, man. It's like, because you're going to corporate Again, like adults want to be better. College kids are chill. They want to be better. High schoolers really standoffish. They've heard it all. They don't connect, whatever. And I, I address that from the beginning. Like, I'm not here because I need to be. I'm not here to waste your The worst case, you get out of class for an hour, so you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but but, but what, what I've noticed is, you know, like the world's throwing fidget spinners at them. You're anxious. Here you go. Here's some vapes. You know, that's big now. You know, it's like, yeah. here, we're making money off your depression. Pharmaceutical companies will tell you something's wrong with you because they make money from it. Yeah. And they'll throw pills at you. And yeah. it's getting worse and worse. And social media has allowed us all to compare our lives together. So the problem I see in schools is if you're loved at home, you come to school to learn. If you're not loved at home, like most kids, you come to school to be loved. School has become an environment of negativity, not unlike the DMV or an airport where everyone freaking hates each other and is super mean. It's become like the next place where in America where people just are so cruel to each other and that negativity spreads. So I'm real with the kids. I get like if you speak from the heart, someone's going to listen. If I sat here and was scripted, then all of them would zone off and go on their phones. Yeah. But if you speak to them, you look them in the eyes. And I use a lot of comedy, too. But, man, like getting down to the points, I, 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 I've allowed them to see a different perspective. They all want to be a part of something bigger than themselves themselves how is the that catalyst that question none of them know how varsity brands and i created the believe in you series if you go to believe in you.com you can see it's a nine you know episode mini series it's like 10 episode or 10 minute episodes and i'm the host of it but we got some pro athlete we got olympians we have mark henry world's strongest man wwe superstar we we went to St. Jude children's hospital we have some really cool episodes that kids can watch as a resource in class and then have classroom discussion and exercises about mental health and wellness about yeah. mm-hmm. certain things that you know we need to address and sometimes it's hard to look in the, in the face of it because they're all worried about test scores yeah, you know, stay, it's, with, it's don't, stay on that thought. I want to ask you more about it and get your thoughts on being a sports fan. Let's see how big of a sports fan you are. Coming up next on ESPN 690, Austin Lane, Kevin Atlas, Coos, and Brent Martineau. Hang with us here. Hey, Rich Jones is on uh, WOKV. FM side, 104.5, of course, uh, says Coney Dog is the best thing about Detroit, hands down. And you confirm, Austin Lane. Never been to Coney Dog, but I have been to Big Boy. Obviously, I'm kind of a big fan, as yeah. I have the Big Boy merchandise all over the room. And the tattoo. And, and a tattoo as well, yeah. So, and uh, by the way, we get to look at every tattoo you have today. Well, well I think everyone, you're, considering you're, you're not hey, wearing a shirt. You're, you're welcome, man. You, you asked for it, and you got it. That's the price you pay for fashion. So. Yeah, if we have to update anybody who now is in the room and, and uh, <laughs> looking at Austin Lane, like, you guys really do this every day, and you've Pretty survived much. for the first four months on we'll, ESPN we'll 690? Like yeah. Uh, it's it's Met Gala Day. Hey, sorry for, uh, for checking my emails and following directions, <laughs> man. Austin Lane. Sorry. Sorry for being a company man. I mean, I just wrote a suggestion, said maybe we should wear our Met Gala uh, uh, costumes today to the show. And and I responded and said, okay, I'll put something together. Austin and that was took it. it literally. Yeah. I was kind of kidding. 
Oh, okay. Well, then, well, hey, well, then go ahead and put a ha-ha or an LOL next to it, so I know you're kidding. Sarcasm doesn't come through anyway. Right? What is this? Is this like amateur hours? Isn't that the funny thing? We hear them something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> when, so- when social media first started, it was like you had to put LOL next to everything, right? <laughs> or they do. took it so that, and you really still do most yes. of the time. But if you put LOL, you're you're safe. Yeah. You know, yep. it's it's like you you don't have to worry about attorneys or getting fired from jobs or anything. Mm-hmm. As long as you have LOL or a smiley face or or now the crying emoji. It's PR proof, man. It's, it's, you, you, you get, you get, get PR proof. I like it. <laughs> hey, an update. Uh, yesterday we had Minnie McCord from JU Women's Lacrosse on the show, and uh, they are winning their NCAA tournament game right now, 16 to three. You want to know a cool thing about that? Uh, uh, Daniel Popper, who writes for The Athletic, he did a story on the lacrosse program and the relationship with Loyola Marymount and Bo Kimball. Remember Bo Kimball, player for uh, uh, Loyola Marymount back in the day, and he was uh, the one that did the, the – what did he do? The left-handed free throw, right, uh, for Hank Gathers, uh, who had passed away uh, on the court years ago. Uh, Bo Kimball's out at the JU Women's Lacrosse. Uh, cool. Game. I guess he surprised uh, all the the ladies out there. So just think, Brent, we could be there right now watching, but unfortunately, we could if the, the NCAA the wasn't that the NCAA. Wouldn't let us go out there. Yeah, yeah so. we we're gonna do the show live from the J. Women's Lacrosse game. That's awesome. But the NCAA says you're not allowed to do the show inside the facility. Yeah. Or talk about the game while it's going on. Well, I got, I got you. So in the we NCAA, thought that would but, defeat the but, purpose. Yeah. But him dressed like this, man, you can't have a show. You can't have a real show. But that is a good point. Me in public right now, Brent? Are you yeah. kidding? We Come watch on. the ratings, Scott. And we could have had Bo Kimball on the show and Kevin Adams uh, on and the I show. I couldn't do a left hand free money. throw for him, but I'll tell you. Would so have been get this. Money. Get this. You want to rig in the NCAA. Here we go. It's Detroit and then the NCAA, <laughs> NCAA right under. So here we go. We got. I went to college. I mean, I had college. got a full ride. And, uh, you know, first D1 player with one arm and all that. And this company comes up and they want to give me a prosthetic arm. Now it was called the Eye Limb at the time. It was like this ninety thousand dollar prosthetic arm, like carbon Dang. fiber form. Each yeah. each finger had like a fifteen pound micro engine. It could support fifteen pounds, and I felt like the like the Terminator or whatever. <laughs> it was so weird because it was like playing a video game, and you could yeah. like move it around. And I yeah. got it a week prior to going to college. They're gonna write it off as a marketing tool. I was gonna have some, so much PR on me. Like, right? Yeah, so made sense for them. They gave me a free one. I was the first person to do that. And I nice. go to school and I'm messing around with it. And I'm like, I'm a robot man. I'm a robot <laughs> man. And I get called into the office of the athletic director with the, the head coach because they see me with it. And they're like, Kevin, where'd you get the arm? And I tell them, they're like, bro, that's like getting a sports car. Like NCAA what? can come after your scholarship for that. And they literally made me put it in a box mail at home. And that's how I lost my arm well, for the second time. Thank well, you, NCAA. <laughs> but, 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 let's hang come on, at yeah, Let's get back to the story quick. So they took it away because it was so expensive? Well, they were worried about uh, the you bad can't PR. Gift, it's, it's like it's in a, a sports gift. car. Yeah, but it's, see, a, but, it's a write-off. It's yeah, a company but, thing. But players get ankle braces Bro. for free. Players get cleats for free. Yeah. Like, if, if it's going to help them on the court, why can't he do that? I, I probably wouldn't play with it. But to be honest with you, man, like, I, I don't – the NCAA wouldn't let me have a left arm. Let's start yeah. a riot. Uh, let's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's go for it. Let's <laughs> shut him down. I, I like it, man. That's the headline. That's the headline. Okay, okay, so okay. This guy, oh, he's like, oh, everybody be cool. Let's <laughs> bring the PR guys out. We're going to go out of NCAA, so here we are. I took my left arm, and now I can't do a left-hand free throw. I love college sports, but, I mean, come on. Let's go pump up the JU Women's Lacrosse program. I love the support, man. That would have been nice. Kevin Atlas with us here, the inspirational story played College basketball at Manhattan. He just told you the story. Uh, first uh, Division One scholarship uh, with player with one arm, and 
obviously a tremendous basketball career, six foot eleven, but now he's on the speaking circuit, the believe in you uh, journey, if you will. Three hundred stops in three years uh, with Varsity Brands. Man, we were talking. About, you you did such an eloquent job of talking about the kids and what they have to face, but you see all these kids, and I think we talk a lot about the problems with the youth all the time. I think generations have always done that. Uh, but especially this one, millennials and, and whatever else, we talk about those problems. But at the same time, there's the, the kids impress the heck out of you too, don't they? they? I they mean, do. isn't isn't it's a, it's almost like society today. It's like all or nothing. You know, we don't talk about a lot in between. We mm-hmm. talk about everything that's either awful or great. 100%. And I think uh, you probably see that a lot, though. I mean, of all the kids, and, and you you are trying to prevent uh, depression and suicide and and all those things. But you must also get to see some some brilliant young people. I see so many miracles. I see so many incredible situations in schools and schools coming together and elevating each other. It's like going to different countries every time you step over state lines, go to a different high school. It's like it's not like you probably understand what your high school was, what your kid's high school was. If you work at a high school, that high school is. But I have the perspective of the country. And uh, with that perspective, to your point, I've seen a lot of awesome and the kids are amazing. I think the biggest problem with today's youth that differs from everybody else is we have become so stationed in our mind to be me, myself, and I, my goals, my dreams, my grades, my stats, my college that I go to, who I'm dating, and now how many followers I have in social media, yeah, yeah. iPad, iPod. And so they're putting themselves first constantly, and that's why they're all depressed because it's a, it's a me, myself, and I situation, and that's how they're raised in school. Everyone in high school wants to be appreciated, yet we're so slow to appreciate others. The schools that function well, the schools that I've seen where kids enjoy going there who don't have those problems no one sits alone at lunch and people are just filled with love and happiness mm. you know half of them are dressed like this no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no but they're supporting each other one thing i do at high schools is i'll ask the football team to stand up and i'll ask them if they have a marching band and i'll ask them how many times that the, the marching band goes to the home games and it's all of them and then it's yeah. like how many times you've been to a band concert Good point. Yeah, zero. So you're too cool to go to a single band concert, and they've supported you every home game for four years. Yeah. That's the problem with high school. It's cool to go to football games, and maybe men's basketball, everything else is a crapshoot. But if you start supporting each other, football goes to one band concert. If you know they pair up and create an atmosphere of love, then people who aren't loved at home come to school, and they're loved there, too. And that makes major lasting change. What you just did is you promoted this lacrosse game now twice. Bitter, you can't be there, but you're still so excited and pumped for them. That's what we're trying to do. Me and Varsity Brands have created the Believe in You Challenge, and we're literally encouraging kids and faculty and everybody else to go to a single sporting event or club event they've never been to before. Take a picture, hashtag Believe in You Challenge. We're making like like the X Bucket Challenge. Like things, social yeah. media things catch on in a way that they haven't before. The dab, yeah. the floss, everything's getting, it's cool if everyone's doing it we're trying to make it cool for everyone to support each other outside of just football games but just down the line and that will make a major impact with these problems that the youth are having so we can stop worrying about what's wrong with them and we can start highlighting what's right yeah, great I love stuff. It, man. Well said, man. As, well said. Uh, as someone who used to march in in, in, in the band for halftime at, at football, what yeah. What did you do? So, Basketball, so I appreciate band. There's a guy who's unbelievable. Man, man. Gosh, MMA. Yeah, and that was like, like in a gang, he's got, he's uh, not like one of those games, <laughs> but like a snowboarding <laughs> gang. No, like, seriously. Yeah. 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 Explain this. Hang a, on for the rest of the story. Here. It's a club, first of all. <laughs> It's a club of, of what is it? Dead, no, it's, dead bears, uh, it's, a, bears. it's a bunch of it's snowboarders and skiers. Snowboard. I'm not in it What's yet. it called again? It's called the Ravinos. The Ravinos. Look yes. them up. 
Yeah, look It's up. like a motorcycle uh, club. club. Thank you. <laughs> C word, not, not the G word. But, um, but no, you mentioned social media, too, and it's crazy because I feel like this generation right now in high school, I mean, they have so much information at their fingertips, whether it's gaining knowledge, finding out uh, interesting information. I mean, that is great, but it's also a catch-22, right, because there is so much negativity out there as well. So, I mean, I guess it's trying to find that balance, really, right? Because, absolutely. I mean, because kids are learning at a, at a, a astounding rate now, but at the same time, there is the there's the drawback of the Twitter and the Facebook and everything and kids um, kind of making fun of each other. It's, it's hard because yeah. they're so afraid of being judged. Like, that's yeah. the biggest fear the biggest of a high thing. schooler is to be judged and not to, like, fit in and go with the flow, and that's why you don't see leaders popping out, and that's, that's uh, like, we're not getting in front of the problems anymore because everyone's so afraid of being judged, not only at school, but now at home with social where it's like no one's stepping out and saying mm-hmm. that's wrong you know it's and 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 that's that's a big problem no one's getting in the way of something that's growing which is becoming a huge issue i mean let's talk about it let's talk about the dark the school i went to today had a suicide in the fall that's so common that yeah. is literally everywhere you go to school that had six in a year like 3041 kids a day grades 9 through 12 try to commit suicide they attempt a day that's sick that's Amazing. disgusting and it's like it's only getting worse. And I don't see that in other countries. And, it, you know, statistically, it's not in other countries. It's the youth of the states, which, again, we're so far ahead in, in a lot of ways. And it's just like we just need to get over that hump and just make it cool to be kind and supportive and loving. And, and if you can just do that with these guys, do social or otherwise, you've literally changed the game. Yeah, so let gonna, me ask you this, because you've been to other countries and you've seen other schools. And, like, one would think that the other countries – they see the same content as the, the kids in the USC. They watch the same shows, listen to the same music. So what is the biggest thing that's the difference between schools in the United States compared to other countries who don't have a high suicide rate? Great, great question. Honestly, I, I, I did a lot of, I played out in Taiwan and I did a bunch of tours in China. And so I'm going to use that as an example. I'm going to use Asia, right? Mm-hmm. For us in America, we have different values than them. For them, it is parents first, teachers second. That's the respect level that teachers get. Wow. They want to be innovative. They send their kids to the U.S. to become innovative and creative to go back there, kind of cutting out the middleman circumstance. Like, that's what they're culturally doing. For us, what it used to be is God, family, friends. I mean, our traditional values. Now it's me, me, uh, me, me. Yeah. That's it. Me and nothing else. Like, what the difference is, is when you had a buddy who made the NFL – You'd be happy for him. Today, if you have a buddy who made the NFL, you'd get depressed. Yeah, why didn't I wow. make it? That's, that's yeah. the difference today. It yeah. is sad. It is so sad, man. man. It's real sad. But let's change it. Like, it's yeah. nothing that can't be undone. It's nothing that we can't promote. And what we're, again, trying to do with the Believe in You Challenge, take part of it. If you're at that lacrosse game right now, hashtag Believe in You Challenge. Show support and love for each other. We're trying to create a movement together through BSN and through Varsity Brands. You know, again, to make it cool to support each other. And then... You know, we unravel the me, 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 and it's more about you, you, you. Yeah, very well said. Uh, how much do you think sports has to do with that? Let's get into sports with you. You, you guys got to go? You good? Good. Yeah. Got uh, my well, watch on my other arm, hang so we got all <laughs> A lot of dumb jokes. Yeah. Be here for a while. Hey, as long as you're sane. Um, the, it's funny. We, we talk about sports because we are in that – we are in a me, me, me world in sports. Oh, right? yeah. I mean mm-hmm. – Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, NFL. I mean, pick anybody, Listen, really, Brown, let's be honest. And, and by it's, the it's way, of some them. of it's business, but everybody's saying, you got to go take care of yourself, you got to go take care of yourself all the time. Uh, 
I think there is a team aspect that still exists, and I think the good teams somehow find a way to 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 get that. Uh, but the NBA is that. I mean, look at all the stars. The NBA was built on stars. Mm-hmm. It's not about the Cleveland Cavs. It's about LeBron James. But it, it's, it's such not a about... fine line, though, Brent, because like you mentioned Antonio Brown and other players. Like, where's the line between this guy is out there believing himself? Like, he's he's causing the scene because he wants more money because he believes in his abilities compared to, uh, oh, he's just on you know Twitter or he's on Facebook causing a distraction, just being, um, you know, just, just a bad member of society. Well, the, I they, mean, there's a, there's a fine line between the, that. What they've all become is their own corporations in a sense, and it's really hard because I know, like, professional coaches where it's like, I have these three players on an NBA team and then you have these three players and I have to make sure everyone's happy and their brand is really where the real money is, especially in NBA where there's a cap. We want to talk Antonio Brown. I'll stoke about that because I'm a big time Raider fan. I'm going to defend Antonio Brown and say he just wanted to be with his brother in Christ, Derek Carr. Those two, we got third and fifth round draft. Out of the Raiders are the weirdest drafters, but we got Antonio Brown and we got some great picks and we're finally not going to be terrible. Hopefully, let's pretend we have a stadium for this another year. year. For another year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but let, let's get into, you know, Kobe Bryant. I can't say an awful thing about Kobe. I think that he's the hardest worker in basketball. To me, he's, he's He's the textbook guy where he'd work out so hard he'd pass out. He is Mr. Fundamental. He is incredible in every way. Um, to me, there's a pride aspect to it. And if I were him, and it's easy to say we can all talk and we can all criticize guys, but when he was at the end legs of his career, he was still the highest paid player in the league. And and that's a problem to me because the Lakers were tanking. To me, it's like, man, dude, take minimum wage. You have all the money you could ever need in the world, and your kids, kids, kids will be fine. Sure of it. Dude, get another ring. Like, I would rather be looking at legacy at this point because I already made my dough, and I'll still have that for the rest of my life through sponsorships. I'd rather have the legacy aspect of it and collect the rings and, and collect one more championship. It would just never be enough to hang up the jersey. Tom Brady. Rather than Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah Tom Brady. Thing, yeah. But it's like, again, it's like if you look at a lot of teams that don't have those superstars, like you look at the you look at the Bucks, man. They're well balanced. You look at the Eagles who won a couple years ago in the Super Bowl, my buddy I used to play ball with. Zach Ertz, I mean, they were a well-rounded team where it's not a superstar. It's it's investing in everybody, and it's investing in that team camaraderie as opposed to let's make a super team. Uh, being a Warriors fan, it's like I don't even have to watch the finals until we get there. <laughs> um, Rockets True. are getting at us a little bit this well, year. but And well, that's we, my point with Tom Brady, though. Like Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he chose to take a pay cut so he can afford other players in that team. You know, yeah. So that, that says a lot about him. I but, didn't actually know that. Mad respect, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. hate you, and I hate you so bad because yeah. I'm an AFC guy. I yeah, love yeah. you, though, and respect you in every single way. What, and that's what I'm talking about. Good yeah. job, Tom Brady. He deserves no, another I mean, props for him, it. Right? Like, I think saying. Tom Brady's what, Good number 17 or 18 of the highest paid yeah, quarterbacks? Yeah, he's right in the yeah, – I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's down toward the middle of the pack, exactly. bottom line. Yeah. Uh, but but I also say this in sports, and I've been yeah, guilty of saying this in sports, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I always say this like about the greats, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, name your great. I think there is a level of selfishness that takes place with those guys if you want to be great. I, I think I always say this about Tiger Woods. I kind of joke about it, but he should have never got married. If he wanted to break Jack Nicholas's record, he should have never got married. He wanted kids and all this stuff. And when he started doing that, what it took away from is his one drive of being great. Now, that's okay if he wants that. I'm just saying if you want to be great, like at a certain level, you'd be really, really good. Yeah. But I'm talking if you want to be the great, you have to have a level of selfish to you. Oh, absolutely. That is, is kind of 
disgusting. Almost. You know? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Let me ask you this about Tiger. So say Tiger doesn't get married. He's he's on that one. He's on that singular focus. Do you think a man could get burnt out? Do you think a man can actually topple over and go crazy from We're that kind of behavior? talking about the girls or the golf at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit of both. Right? Well, hey, hey, and maybe the correlation. I always say this. The, the bad example of what I'm talking about is Tiger Woods because he got married. And I, see, I believe part of that was an image thing for Tiger. I mean, there's yeah. a conspiracy theory with me that it says, hey, yeah, it's time to go get married now. You're 30 whatever years old. Got to have a couple kids. That's part. You got to have a family photo. You're a golfer. You're You're that guy. But Derek Jeter, to me, plays until he's almost 40 years old, never gets married, has whatever girls he wants to have, plays at a high level forever. There's a selfishness about Derek Jeter that he was all about him. And then he decided, you know what, when I put that, when I close the book, now I can go get married, start a family, do all these other things. Now it can be about other people. But I think it takes a special type of player, though, because I I think a lot of players try to do that and they either burn out. Or they're in the they're in the news for the wrong reasons. And we're you know? talking about so, people. I mean, we're talking about people that again. I mean, there's a one percent athlete that's professional, mm-hmm. and then there's probably like a point two percent athlete that that's has the ability to be great. Well, mm-hmm. Most of like, these guys I mean, though, unbelievable. Are, are, yeah, they're they're distracted with the money too. I mean, it's like most of them don't come from anything, and that's their ability to change because their reality is so negative, and it's the mm-hmm. hood or whatever you want to call it to to turning around and having a posse and, and way more money than you could ever desire, and you made it, and that, that can become a distraction. I will it defend, becomes a drug a little bit, it, too. It could. It really could, and that, that entourage, et cetera. But I will stick up for Tiger because I'm a, I'm a human being, and I might be wrong by saying this, and call me out on it, but I, I love people's legacies in the sports. I'm not looking at Kobe's scandal. I'm looking at what he did for the game of basketball. I'm not looking at Michael Jackson, and come on, man. We all knew we shook it off stardom back then. Like You couldn't get away with that stuff, but what he did for pop. Think about it. Think about what Tiger Woods did for the game of basketball. I'm not even comparing his legacy to anybody else. He drew so much attraction to the game. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, what she did yeah. for UFC. I mean, it's the same concept. It's yeah. that you open the door for a growing sport and inspire others to do the same and to be able to do that. And maybe I'm biased a little bit because I'm a, a one-armed basketball player, so I like you know defeated that odds and changed the game in my own little way. But I love the legacy of the impact and influence you have on a sport. Yeah, and that's what I love. And I love Blake Bortles. I don't care what you think. <laughs> He's a great guy. Hey, I, by the way, I love that perspective, and I agree with you totally. It's it's actually on our sheet today. Is Tiger Woods to me is one of the most interesting guys because I love Tiger Woods. Yeah. I love Tiger Woods, what he does for golf, what he means to golf, the idea that we get to witness who I think at the end of the day may be the, the best to ever do it. We are watching Babe Ruth of golf. That's but if you yeah. want to group all of a sudden Tiger Woods, that guy, now into Tiger Woods, the husband, the dad, the guy. Well, to me, I can separate that. Mm. The problem in society now, we want to group all of it together. You've got to be great dad, great husband, but, great great man, and on top of that, be the great golfer. To me, it's social. It's social. It's social. It's social. But, Everyone's yeah. in our lives now. You can't, you can't, like, well, people got, like, Michael Jordan and you switch LeBron James. Let's do the GOAT conversation. Mm-hmm. You switch their times. Forget about the players they play against. Forget about their stats, what they can get away with behind closed doors. LeBron James is a straight shooter, never had a scandal, never had a problem. One woman guy, he's been great in all means, and that's what we all know about him. Michael Jordan, the GOAT, maybe wouldn't have had the same aura around him 
he might have been a little Tiger Woods effect there mm-hmm. because of his life decisions outside of the game. And, and now with social media and an era where everyone can peer into each other's lives, that stardom might have affected him and yeah, challenged him a little bit but, more. But so Bruce, if you switch that with Tiger Woods, bit. if you back him up in era, then maybe no one can get in his life and this isn't a real problem where it could be covered up differently. It's hard to, you know... It's hard to judge people because today is so much different. I mean, Michael Jackson's the perfect example. He would not exist today. Mm-hmm. However, he's the Lord of Pop, and you can't change that. Yeah. But with Tiger Woods, Brent, I mean, I think if it wasn't for the adversity, if it wasn't for the things that he encountered, whether it was cheating on his wife in the car accident, whether it was getting popped for pain pills on the side of the road and his mugshot comes up, I mean, like, those were stories that fed in the narrative. So when he won that master's jacket a couple months or a month ago now or whatever, um, people celebrated that because people love a comeback. Like, yeah. if Tiger Woods just would have, you know, lived the straight and narrow the whole time, didn't have any adversity whatsoever, we wouldn't be celebrating him as much because look what he had to overcome to get that jacket again. It's a very so good point. So I think point. America loves that. It's Space a very Jam good moment. point. It's Space Jam moment. <laughs> we cannot relate to being a 1% athlete. People in general can relate to being a flawed person. And mm-hmm. so from your standpoint, that's a that's a great – that's what has made – all of a sudden this guy who everybody hated – not everybody hated, but it was polarizing – all of a sudden, last year at that tour championship, when he was like, oh, my gosh, he might win, there wasn't a person in the world that wasn't rooting for that to happen. Or it didn't feel like it. I'm sure there were. But there wasn't. You know what I mean? It had changed. It went from polarizing Tiger, like my mom who can't stand even watching the TV when Tiger's on, to me who I absolutely love when Tiger's on, to now all of us at that moment in September and in, in, in Augusta were like, this is awesome. He's mm-hmm. back. We're getting, and we're all selfish in that way, by the way, because we wanted one more Tiger experience. Yeah. But I do think you're right. I think it's when you show the flaws, and while we kill you for being flawed for five years, right, yeah. in social media, we also appreciate when you come out on the other side. It's a little bit of a comeback story. So, well, and, and the sad part great. is, though, I mean, and there, there are flaws with a lot of athletes, and I'm saying, like, I don't mean, like, the, the giant flaws, but there are some flaws where athletes never really come back from, you know, from social media gets on their case, and for whatever reason, they can't True. rise back up, and then yeah. they're... they're, they're legacy is their flaws and it's not what they accomplish kind of what you're getting with michael jackson and whatnot so i mean it's uh it's always an honor and, and it's always a, a privilege to be able to go out there and do your thing and overcome your flaws and try to leave people with a good thing a good good impression but that's not always well, the case and, how, and you know maybe your flaws are different obviously than than tigers but isn't it crazy that Tiger Woods was a comeback story? Or yeah. Like, how could you have ever related to <laughs> yeah. him? For, like, I'll see you on the golf course, man. You're not relating to Tiger Woods. He was always <laughs> an A-class champ, and yeah. now he's he's an underdog. And that that's kind of a cool redemption and, and a way to connect in a, in a certain level for a lot of fans or a lot of new fans or old fans redeemed. Uh, so good for him, man, and, and, and mad respect, and I hope that he continues to do what he's doing. Hey, good for you, too. Kevin Atlas has been hanging with us now for 45 minutes. I think he was planning on stopping in for about 10, but it's been a lot of fun. It's called the Believe in You Challenge, hashtag Believe in You, yeah. Varsity Brands. You're going to be talking at First Coast and Jackson tomorrow. Um, excellent work. Keep up the great work. The, the response, share with us again, the response from all these talks yeah, it's overwhelming. Amazing. Oh, it's touching. It's, it's couldn't it couldn't be better. It couldn't be 
uh, you know, more. I, I'm a kind of addicted to to helping these kids at a higher and higher level. And I can go into a school, and we can change that school. We can change 2,000 students' lives with varsity brands. But what we're trying to do is you're trying to 300 schools sounds like a lot, and it is a lot of airplanes, a lot of stuff for one guy. But man, that's a that's throwing a grape in the ocean. And it's we want to make that national change, and we can't do that without you. If not you, then who? Go to a d- different event as a parent. Go and support people out there as a listener. Go support somebody at your school. It's, it's Teacher Appreciation Week this week. Let's do that. Let's shake a teacher's hand. Thank you. That goes a long way creating that atmosphere at high schools. It makes major lasting change. Be kind. Hashtag believe in you. Challenge. Keep up believe in you challenge. Thank Keep up the brother. good work. Appreciate you. Guys. Oh, it was fun hanging out with you. Good day. I'm working up like you on ESPN 690. Like <laughs> Smith Chatter next on ESPN. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and on your smart speaker. What is going on in here? Groovy, man. It's Austin Powers. Brent, come on. I got you. Okay. We got, uh, we got you back in your seat. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, thank God that we had to talk about bullying because I'm about to get bullied on social media when people see my outfit because Kevin's <laughs> going to retweet stuff from his stuff and everyone's going to be like, what is this what guy is wearing? What is going on here? Yeah. Context. It's all about the context. He was awesome, man. No, that was, that was a fun interview. You know what I really like? Uh, I'm obviously in this business, communication business. Um, I really, 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 really enjoy listening to people that speak so well. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> and what used to be like, well, you can speak, can't you? you? Like do three hours of radio a day, you're on TV. Not really. Not like that. It's different. Like mm-hmm. public public speaking. And most people out there would be like, no, yeah, you're right. You you stink at it. Uh, but most public speaking is so challenging. Yeah. Uh, well, I think public it's... speaking from a motivational standpoint, grabbing a room, grabbing mm-hmm. a thousand kids, grabbing the attention, the attention spans of everybody, yeah. not just kids, by the way. Adults have no attention spans, mm-hmm. and especially with these things. So I, I just uh, – I really envy someone that can do it, I, and I well, enjoy that, and he's watching. Funny it. too. I mean, to, to add humor to everything as well, like he did. Yeah. Um, you can tell he's a pretty funny dude, you know. So uh, I think once you add comedy as well to that mixture, it's even more difficult. So props to him, man. Very, uh, very talented individual. Yeah, and and making a big difference. Um, so once again, if you missed it, Kevin Atlas, uh, go read his story. Uh, Google it, read the story. But uh, at the end of the day, his message is. Hashtag believe in you challenge. And if you're out at one of the baseball games today, districts or softball games, regionals, uh, lacrosse game, JU women uh, looking like they're going to win that one if they haven't already. Uh, hashtag believe in you challenge is really on that level, the high school level, the college level, participating in other sports and going out and supporting other people. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is it is interesting. I think in our world, a lot of people um, that speak say uh, – Serve, right? They use the word serve, uh, serve others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, Gus Bradley used to say it a lot around here, but I've heard Matthew Driscoll say it a lot around here. Other people say uh, servant leader, you know? Um, and I don't know. You can, People can interpret that. People don't sometimes like all that stuff, that jargon. Uh, what, what I kind of believe, uh, along what Kevin was preaching there, is even in our business, like I might tell our guys in our department sometimes, be like, hey, just – Let's just try to make this product this like for the for like the NFL plays for the shield. We'll play for Action Sports Jack's logo and everything else will fall into place. You'll get yours, Mm -hmm. you know. But again, in our business or in people's business, I think what Kevin was saying is right on the money. A lot of people look at their selves. 
Am I getting paid as much as that next guy? We we had that conversation the other day, right? Of course. Um, is that what's going on right now with Telvin Smith? Is that what's going on with even Yannick Ngakwe? Um, uh, you know, there's an element of it that's such a business element that you understand it. You want to get what's good and just for you and your family. I get that. But there's also a line where it's like, hey, you take care of this stuff and we will take care of you at the end of the day. And uh, I think if I think that's a lot what Kevin was trying to preach, too, mm-hmm. is is more in these schools. Well, Don't worry about just yourself. Um, and he sees it across the country. I, I yeah. thought it was a fascinating conversation, not just about that, but about how it relates to sports. Any guy that can go uh, tell you know a group of football players to go support the pet band, I'm I'm all for it, yeah. man. So so props. That was to him a great example that. of it, right? That, because that, 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 was that, the ex- that was the perfect example. Yeah, perfect example. Yeah. Yep. So uh, props to Kevin, man. Good dude. We got South Beach Gary. We're gonna get to South. Yeah, let's uh, get to South Beach Gary right now. Uh, he has been hanging on. And uh, before we get to Telvin Smith, Smith, which we will do. What's up, man? How you doing? Good afternoon, gentlemen. You know, it shouldn't happen anywhere, but especially you know Dan Mullen being a part of the uh, Urban Meyer coaching staff in this Brian Edwards situation. He's got to go right now, doesn't he, Brett? Oh, Brian He's Edwards. Gotta be off the team. He's got to be off the team immediately. Yeah, as long as it's uh, – they're going to have to do the protocol of investigating and make sure they do their due diligence. Right, I mean, assuming, you know. Yeah, and so actually what South Beach uh, Gary is referring to, we hadn't got to it yet. It's on our agenda today. Uh, junior cornerback uh, Brian Edwards arrested Monday night and uh, first-degree misdemeanor battery charge stemming from a domestic incident. Uh, the reports are and – it, and, and it shouldn't matter – excuse me, Brent, for interrupting, but if you're, it shouldn't matter if you're the starting quarterback – you know where you're the last player on the team. Yeah, yeah. Either. But let's just uh, catch everybody else up on the story. Uh, a woman he was dating for two years, he allegedly stopped her from leaving an apartment by grabbing her by the neck. According to the report, uh, there are marks on her neck and a scratch on her shoulder. So uh, a domestic uh, situation. And we are going to get into that a little bit uh, today here on the program because Dan Mullen, you know, he was around during the Urban Meyer days. And uh, listen, this is not me hammering Dan Mullen. I just think you have to be a little bit careful from a perception standpoint of, uh, and I'm not going to put a quota on it, but how many guys are getting in trouble? And Jalen Jones just left the program, right? Got in the transfer or is trying to leave the program transfer portal, the quarterback, because of an incident, it looks like. And now this comes out uh, late last night. You know, the one thing Will Muschamp will never get enough credit for is cleaning up that program after Urban Meyer left. He was tasked with cleaning up the program, and he really did. You know, he got better human beings on the campus playing football for the Florida Gators. What happens sometimes when you do that? You might not win as many games, but he cleaned up the program. And even Jim McElwain, I think, maintained that. There was that credit card thing that happened. But I think overall, I think most people would say Muschamp, McElwain, they maintained that. And I think Mullen will maintain that. I think Mullen's a good guy. I, I don't think this is like, hey, let's try to see how slippery we can be. Th- that was an Urban Meyer thing. Um, that happened. The the evidence suggests they did not have the best people on that football team. Uh, they had Tim Tebow to maybe kind of override a lot of bad folks on that football team, but they were really good football players. I just think Mullen has to be a little bit careful because if this happens, and so much of it's out of a coach's control. When you have 90 guys, 100 guys, you're recruiting, you're trying to get good football players. 
you think they're good people and then they're young men making poor decisions. I don't always put this on the coach, but it does come back to the coach. So they have it's, to be a little careful. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be tied to the coach at the end of the day because that's a guy that you put your name on. Whether you bring a recruit or you bring a coaching member in or a member of the staff, I mean, anytime that you're directly correlated to bring somebody in, regardless of how that pans out, you're tied to that person. So if that person messes up, you got to take responsibility and you got to say, we made a mistake by bringing this person in and we're handling it now and, uh, you know, he's suffering the consequences. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess we'll talk about it right now. So thanks, South Beach Gary, for bringing it up. But uh, the it, it, it's a topic. We just monitor it, you know. Um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and see see what happens um, with Mullen and the track record. But it's it's way too see, soon to start judging that. These are just a couple of incidents now, the incidents that come out in, in the last month. And we also will find kind of figure out where Mullen stands on these things. Like mm-hmm. what's his what's the line, right? Like, where does, okay, you're out of the program, or you get a second chance. This is a slap on. Where is it with domestic situations? Where is it with. See, and. Marijuana. Where so is it with. You know, you have to find those things out. You know where I stand with domestic situations, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second if you're Dan Mullen and you're doing a situation where you go to this kid's house, you sit in his kitchen, you talk to his family or whoever was responsible for him, and, um, you know, you you almost like have this bond with the kid. You know, and then he comes to university and, um, you know, something bad happens. You know, he he makes a mistake. Um, Sometimes it can be a minor mistake and sometimes it's a big time major mistake. And I can see from Moen's side where, and I'm not saying I agree with this. This is not me agreeing. This is just another side of it where you don't want to just cast the kid away. You know, like you don't want to just be like, all right, he messed up here. See ya. Like I'm going to give up on you because sometimes when you give up on a kid, it's only it's going to snowball and yeah. it's going to be worse from the You're situation. You're his life raft potentially. Exactly. Now, once again, I'm not saying that's what I agree with, but no. that's another side. But to it's it. a complex part of it. Also, I think it's a really good point. You know, and you probably played with guys like that. Mm-hmm. You know, in Murray State to wherever, and it's something you can never win in the public perception. You really have to stand strong. You have to have backing of your your administration in a certain case to do that. Uh, to say, you know what, this is a one-off. This is this is not this guy. This is, and if we do this, this is heading down a bad. I mean, they make movies about that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's real sometimes. And what you do is you have to figure out which is which. And it's almost like you use one of those. You use one of those kind of cards like every five years, maybe or three years yeah, or whatever I mean, it is. Every but every circumstance is gonna be different. It is. Everyone's but, different. Um, and uh, by the way, it wasn't just Tim Tebow that made that group look good under Urban Meyer. It was Tate Casey as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you uh, go. As I was reminded. N- n- nice save. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of, I guess, and like once again, I'm not saying that's my um, prerogative, but I think it's different than the NFL because once you're in the NFL, you know, coaches aren't coming to your house and they're not courting you. I mean, you get drafted or you get selected in free agency, and you go to that team, and then you're a grown man not saying you're not a grown man in college but um you're still a student you know once you get to the nfl i mean and you do those kind of things i think there should be zero grounds for anything like that if you do it one time see ya yeah thanks for playing these guys gotta make better decisions but but college it's just uh, you know and i can see both sides if it's me personally i probably cut the kid loose because i can't support that kind of behavior but i can see where if mullen keeps him on it's like i don't want to cast this kid out into society and um and, and, and into the streets you know 
metaphorically, and then see what happens to them after that. Yeah, well, they do have to do their due diligence. I don't think this will be, uh, unless something's changed that I haven't seen yet and he's already gone, I don't think that will be the case right away. I mean, we'll see what happens with this Brian Edwards situation in Florida. All right, I promise, I promise, I promise. We'll get to the Telvin Smith stuff next. Hi, Coos. I'm not letting anybody else jump in front of this. Not no Met Gala. No Gators stuff. We're back to the Jags on Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690. And it's interpretation time. Are we going to play the whole thing, Coos? All one minute and 20 seconds of it. Oh, you got 120 of it. So that's really yeah. not the whole thing, but that's fine. The that's important good. stuff. Yeah, okay. So here's 80 seconds of Telvin Smith last night on Instagram. This comes out about... Uh, between 1130 and midnight because I just got off TV on CBS 47 and I saw it floating around. So let's just say minutes before that, uh, that it was that was posted. Um, and Telvin Smith, wherever he was. Talking about uh, a house, perhaps stuff. A, a friend's house and that he's never leaving Duval. That's like the one message. See if you can interpret anything else out of what Telvin said. Come back to the Jags. I ain't never left. You understand me? Yeah. Duval. Y'all know how we rockin', man. You feel me? Said, I'm gonna tell y'all this. This week, y'all gonna know what's going on. I, I, it's been it's been out there. It just ain't been out there. I've I been saying what's up. I don't feed in the craziness. You feel me? It's all love this way. You feel me? Who trying to, trying to pull up on me? That boy say hi. You don't see me hi, man. Somebody said, you know, hey, understand this. I never left Duval. I'm never leaving Duval. It's Duval till we die. You understand me? Y'all seen trade rumors and stuff. Y'all seen me go anywhere? Exactly. Y'all seen the rumors go somewhere, but y'all ain't seen me go nowhere. Y'all better understand, man. I done told y'all this, and I'm going to say this. I told y'all this, man. I'm a jag. Can't nobody else get me. They gave me that sign. I ain't giving that to nobody else, you feel me? If I never play, or if I ever play, or whatever the case may be, hey, I promise y'all this, ain't nothing about Tevin Smith leaving Duval, ever. Now, I just got to make sure everything ain't great. It's whatever. So there's Telvin Smith um, on Instagram. So the one thing you got, right, I'm never leaving Duval, right? That, that was the big thing, uh, and you said it multiple times. Uh, yeah. But, again, what I say to that, you can take that literally as much as you want, folks, and, and that's up to you. It's your prerogative. But that means nothing in this whole scenario. You know, I, I don't think. And maybe I'm interpreting wrong. I think those are just words from Telvin uh, of saying I have no desire to go anywhere else. Like, I'm not sparking anything else. I'm not trying to ask to be traded or I'm not trying to uh, get out of this contract or, or whatever. I mean, yeah, from Telvin's point of view, no kidding you're not leaving Duval. I mean – you're under contract and you have a lucrative contract with the Jags. You want to play that out. Why would you want to leave this team? Why would you want to leave this situation? You're on a good defense, a very good defense. So, uh, again, that's kind of uh, – I think that's not the big part of this, or if there is even a big part of this. But I thought what was interesting is he said something – stuff is already out there, but it's not out there yet, and it's coming out later mm. this week. I mean, what what mm, was trade that rumors? part of this? 
Trade rumors once again, Brent, because this, this is the social media breakdown hour, I guess, on ESPN 690. He was wearing an, an Atlanta Braves hat, and he, when he said he's going to stay in Duval, he kind of tilted his hat a little bit to maybe make a, I don't a, like a he suggestion. that much. Well, what, what, what is he crafting then, Brent? Because we're breaking this video down. I don't know what he's doing. It's, it's midnight. I'm not sure who's up at midnight these days. I, I have no idea what to make of it. See, the part that confused me a little. Uh-oh. Here we go, Coos. Yeah, the whole part confused get... me. Yeah, well, no, this part confused me. Or if I ever play or whatever the case may be. If I ever play or whatever the case may be, what does that mean? Yeah, that's good. I didn't catch why that wouldn't, part. Why wouldn't you play? Well, see, and, and that's I kind of... That's, that's a legit point by Coos, by yeah, the way. Well, yeah. and I also... See, I put... You just added to it. I gotta be really careful here because we're just speculating and I know nothing about this. Don't make that a drop. I know nothing. Um, <laughs> again, this is one of the big mysteries right now, whatever is going on here with Telvin Smith. And I think a lot of people will say it's nothing. I don't know if I believe that. And The only new – you wouldn't know about a trade, by the way, Austin. Mm-hmm. If you were a player for the Jacks, right, when you did, if you were being traded, you didn't know. Did you? I mean, I, I didn't get, I never got traded, but yeah, you, you wouldn't know. Yeah, no. good point. You didn't get traded. So, yeah. I mean, but would you know? Do you think your agent would know? And how soon is my point? Like, yeah. you would know eventually. Like, when Josh Scobie got traded well, to Pittsburgh, he had no idea. It was like, pack well, your bags and go. Here, yeah, so, so here's the thing, Brent. When, when I got called to the, to the Bears' office to get cut, and then they said that was a mistake. And then I was kind of in limbo for a little bit. They never told me what was going on. And I feel like if any reason to sell, tell someone they're going to get traded was on cut day, when you say I'm not going to get cut until, you know, 245, it's 3 o'clock, and I'm still not cut, like you think they would have told me, like, well, hey, we're actually trying to work out this trade deal. This is why we haven't, we haven't got back to you. So, no, I don't think players really have a clue at all, and agents don't as well, because that's kind of the whole point. I think if you share that information, yeah, then if, it's if, out if you're there. a franchise, then you lose your – Leverage, I guess. Unless this is one of those weird deals where they really did try to shop and put on the block. Now, when you put a guy on the block and you really try to shop a guy, well, then your agent might know. And then, therefore, you might know that, hey, let's try to find a dance partner. Hey, agent, you know the Raiders really well. So let's go find a dance partner. That would be the only way I think maybe Telvin, at least in this situation, from what he said last night, would be able to sniff out that something could be on the horizon in terms of him being moved. See, and, and I don't think that's it. Well, I give that like a 3% chance. And this is the weird part. So with Telvin Smith, I mean, this has been going on for what now? I mean, about a month? Yeah, early April, uh, mid-April, mid-April. Mid-April. So a couple so, weeks, two, three a, weeks. A couple weeks. But the, the, the point is that it's been going on before the draft. When they got Josh Allen, I can see Telvin Smith being upset because maybe they told him, hey, we got Josh Allen now. We're going to move him to the strong side, be a strong side linebacker. We're going to move Miles to the weak side and maybe put Jake Ryan or somebody in the middle. And I can see Tubman being mad with that because that could be a conversation that could be upcoming here if, if they do decide to move Josh Allen to that strong side, which I think uh, might happen. And I don't. You don't think so? You don't think he's playing linebacker? No. You think he's playing defensive end? Yes. He's going to be a backup the whole time? Uh, you just asked me what I thought. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> hey, we're going back and forth, Brent. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 take it easy. But uh, so to get back to my point, though, so like I could see the point where he was uh, maybe upset with the depth chart, but he's been doing this before the draft. So like. I, yeah, okay. So, so, so let me get of, to my point. Yeah. My, my thing is, is something coming down from the NFL? He He says, 
you'll know this week. Now, the other part where he said it's already been out there, I don't know where it's been, if something's been out there. So if it was an NFL-related thing, so is something coming? Is is there something that we're waiting on from the NFL? Is there a potential suspension of sorts? I mean, I, that's just, See, again, this is not – I'm not trying well, to smear Telvin Smith, link Telvin Smith. We're just playing scenarios out, and I could see – why couldn't that be one of them? And then you just brought up the ever play yeah. thing. I mean, could it be well, something really not good? Well, my question to you, and, I, and when you mentioned, um, you know, not knowing beforehand usually, Austin Safarian Jenkins tweeted out way before – that whole situation went down. A little so, bit different because that was a roster move where they didn't have to finalize it until like okay. March 6th or whatever or March whatever. Yeah. But you kind of know when Running you're getting on the cut. Wall. You, know? Yeah. you know when he you're going to get cut. Okay. That, that is a little bit different. But that's a good point. But that's a so, little bit different than a trade standpoint. So, trades, trades, once you know, it happens. Yeah. You know, because they don't want that out there. Let's work out this scenario quick. So let's say, and I'm not actually disagreeing with you, Brent, where he might be in trouble of some sort. Do you think it's possible that maybe he got flagged for something, whether it was, um, you know, like a steroid or something like that or a street drug, and he appealed it, and they're waiting on the appeal process to go through, and then they're going to release that maybe sometime this week? I do think there's a possibility of that. But the way I feel like I've seen these things work, it doesn't usually stay under the radar like that. It usually is he got popped for something, and then you appeal. Okay, no, I absolutely. Uh, agree. That's the yeah. way I feel. Uh, I'm just, it's but just maybe. No, no, maybe I, they kept it no. under the rug and nobody well, can find out. Yeah, and you know, everybody's tight lipped. I mean, that I, would surprise yeah, me. But, but 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 I feel like news like that gets out. But see, it's just my thing where if if you're on social media and you seem like you're in a pretty good mood and you're happy. Like, I, I just can't picture him saying, you know, stay tuned to some bad news. Yeah, like, well, and that's, that's fair. You know, like, I, don't, I don't think anybody again, does that. And once again, I don't know here. Telvin. I mean, I've talked to him a couple of times, and, and, I, and I will say this. I mean, he is a very outspoken person. He, he's a very passionate person. So I just have a hard time believing, though, that he would release this video if something bad was going to happen. Yeah, well. Be, being in a good mood. But I, like I said, I, I don't know the guy. Yeah, so. I, I agree with you. I, yeah. I, it's really confusing. And but Kuz, I think that was a good catch on your part. To ever playing again is kind of what way you said, right? Yeah. Ever play? Well, could there be, as someone just suggested, so I won't completely steal this idea, but I'm going to steal the idea for a moment. Hit us with it. Could we even like entertain the idea that retirement is an option? Hmm. Could you just walk away? Well, so you you know better than I do. In terms of injuries, was Telvin Smith injured last year a lot or not? I mean, I, I understand so. I that some shoulder well, I understand stuff, that they played, but, but yeah, but I don't a lot think of players so. play. But as far as like playing hurt, no, I don't think so. Okay, and and he loves playing the game. Well, I feel exactly. Like. All right, more to come on ESPN six ninety after this. Ain't nothing about Telvin Smith leaving Duval ever. I seriously feel like we are. Going to watch Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Never seen it. Don't you think Koozie could be a character from uh, Call Me Johnny Depp? Right Have you never Johnny seen Depp? Pirates of the Caribbean? No, I've never seen him. I know, right? And I'm like, I'm I'm kind of into pirates. I just, I don't you know. You literally look like, yeah. Doesn't he? Do I, yeah. look, I look like Johnny Depp's character? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's pretty cool, right? He's a drunk. Oh, I'm, I don't do that, so whatever. <laughs> All right. I, I'll take it, man. It's Johnny Depp. Oh, he needs some eyeliner.
By the way, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, very good soundtrack for like uh, uh, like segments on so, TV or radio. If you ever want to go to there, go so, to steal it from there. Pirates Brent, of the Caribbean. Have you seen Is it the, Caribbean or Caribbean? What do you call it? Both. Caribbean. It's Caribbean. Yeah. Have, have you seen all the, par- the Pirates of the Caribbean? No, no. No. Okay. Because uh, have you seen them? I've ridden the ride at Disney. <laughs> so you have pretty experienced. Because from what I've heard, I guess like the first one's the best, but then they get worse as they go on. Shocking. I think first and second were really good. Third was like they started to get it into some weird like God type stuff. Which was kind of funky. Like, it, it turned into, like, this one person was a god trapped in a body and blah, blah, blah. Not uh, to, like, ruin the it. old god trapped in a body And then thing, the last yep. one, the last one's kind of cool because, although Johnny Depp's not, no, Johnny Depp is in that one. The other characters aren't in that one. And they're looking for the Fountain of Youth, which oh. is actually in St. Augustine. So. Mm-hmm. I've been past there. Yes, it is. Uh, Fountain of Youth, happy hour, 5 o'clock. Fashion. Tuesday. Met Gala. You know what? By myself. That's what they were missing. Little Vita de Louis yesterday yeah. at the Met Gala. We have that on ESPN 6 Night. pretty good like you did that and it actually sounded good it's kind of in beat yeah I, I mean i can't hear anything that's going on because somebody messed up my like my, my settings so that i don't know sorry intentional guys. oh well then yeah it's called intentional hey Let's is nick going home for the day yet who nick oh i don't know i heard him talking to somebody boss man nick Get, get him in here and yeah. To, yeah, to explain why we, all my settings are messed why we up were sabotaged no seriously I, I mean something happened in here today yeah i mean literally my microphone was over there like, it was, when I walked in, it was okay. over there. Yeah, like, well, that's great. You still need to talk into it. Well, no, I can scream into it, Brent. I'm passionate. Go ahead and do your read quick so I can talk about some more fashion. Vita de Luis, locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. For locations, recipes, merchandise, visit com, and, of course, drink responsibly. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you want to record the show from New York during Fashion Week? Because I have an inn in New York for for Fashion Week to be uh, a special guest at Fashion Week. Not not, not even mine. Um, I met two gentlemen. So this is we're in New Orleans for Super Bowl weekend, and uh, we were at the Bud Light party, which I think it was like the EA Sports party. And me and my friend AP and uh, my friend Don were just kind of out by the fountain or whatever. And I was with my my agent uh, Sean. And these two gentlemen, who look very fashionable, just come up to me out of nowhere. And uh, I'm wearing my jean jacket and my Amy Winehouse t-shirt. And uh, Brent, these are two very flamboyant guys, by the way. And that's cool. Like, hey, two each their own. But they're, they're very flamboyant. Uh, and they go, oh, my gosh, your Amy Winehouse shirt. Very topical. Very, very topical. I'm like... Oh, I just, I like Amy Winehouse. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to make a statement. So we ended up like talking a little bit. Then they complimented my shoes, my, my bands. I'm like, oh, yeah, I wear them all the time. It's Even not, though they're eight years old. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really a fashion statement. But then they got into it where I guess like they they uh, they were like an editor. Or they both were editors for like, I think it was Esquire, GQ. I don't know. One of the, one, some fashion magazine. But they're like, if you're ever in, the, in New York for Fashion Week, please come by. We'll, we'll make you like a personal guest and we'll take you all around. I'm like... 
Yeah, I'm all set because I, I don't fashion. Come on, dude. But now that we're <laughs> gonna, well, well, Brent, this took me like ten minutes to put together. Not even five minutes. But I'm just saying, if we ever want to end for Fashion Week, Brent, in New York, I, I guess it's pretty big in New York there. So I would say, yeah. So maybe we, we get you it. on the runway. No, I'm I'm good. I'm no. This is uh this is as as good as you're gonna get, Brent. This is this is a hundred percent fashion Austin and uh going forward I'll be back down to about five percent. I'll tell you what, a lot of people would like that in for fashion week in New York City. Oh I bet when is it? What time of year? No idea. Yeah. Yeah. And even like my Kinda agent. Kind of if you did, I, I might have like put you on suspension well, what, for a day. Even my PR person like, you need to do that. Like that would be a really cool experience to promote. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm all set. Do you still have a PR person? No. No. I feel like I, I need do. one. It's called Twitter. Yeah, but I run the Twitter. Yeah. And that's, that's your PR. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could do better. <laughs> well, then do better, man. The, the, the power's <laughs> in your hands. Do something right now. <laughs> Uh, how about a little balling? Andy Loosemore, who uh, is one of our favorite listeners. Of course, yeah. Across the pond. Over the pond, yeah. He says balling is Liverpool coming from three down to win four to nothing tonight and four to three on aggregate and Champions League semifinal. Is, Liverpool. Is he a Liverpool fan? Well, I would think if he put ball in, he's probably Well, Andy, this one's for you then. Uh, when you walk through a storm, keep your head up high and don't. Be afraid of the dark. Yeah, that's the that's that song that they sing. Is it really? Yeah, it's by Gary and the Pacemakers. It's called Walk On. That was very good. I'm, I'm getting that tattooed in a couple weeks. <laughs> there you go. Are you serious? Swear to God. Yeah. Can what? I ask you something about the tattoos? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to tell the story behind the, the song quick, too? Well, yeah. Why yeah. would you be getting that on your... Uh, where are you getting? Are you getting a sleeve so, on your leg? No, so I'm, I'm getting a, a Nordic sleeve, and one of the things I'm going to get, it's called the Helm of Ah, which is like the, the compass. Um, so it's always your direction. And around that, I'm going to get You'll Never Walk Alone in Nordic because, uh, to be truthful, that song was always um, big for me whenever uh, I faced adversity. So, for instance, after the Greg Hardy fight, yeah, I, I make a lot of jokes. I went to In-N-Out Burger and we were laughing, but I'm going to be honest, I was pretty bummed out, bummed out yeah. for uh, for the next couple weeks. And, so. and especially uh, going home to, from the airport to go back to Jacksonville um, was not an easy experience for uh, Where was that fight? That was Vegas. It was, it was Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I was yeah. in Vegas. Yep. So that was not a, an easy trip for me on the way back. And uh, Gary and the Pacemakers' Walk On was the song I probably played, not even exaggerating. I probably played it 30 times in a row. I just put it on repeat. And uh, that song got me through a hard time. So that's why I'm getting it tattooed. Like it. And it's actually the official song of, of you know of Andy's favorite soccer Liverpool. club. Yeah, Liverpool. So are you a Liverpool fan because uh, of that? Yeah. I mean, you know... Uh, I cheer for I cheer for them because of that. I mean, I'm not like a, a diehard soccer fan by any means, but I respect the team for doing that. Yes, I, I'm impressed that you knew that. Yeah. So now, what else? Were, you had another question for me too. I did have another <laughs> question for you on uh, the tattoos. Yeah. So, like, as I look at you shirtless here, <laughs> what do you want me to do, man? It was supposed to be the Met Gala. Met Gala. Yeah, Met Gala. Uh, hashtag Met Gala. Like, when's enough? Enough. Oh, it's never enough, man. Tattoos. There's, there's always stories to tell, right? Yeah, right? I yeah. tell stories <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I just... Well, so, sometimes stories mean so much to me, I get them tattooed. All right. Yeah. I was curious about that. I was thinking the other day, I was like, so you're going to get another, you're going to get a Nordic sleeve well, yeah, so it, on your leg. So it's going to go, because, you know, I'm half Norwegian, obviously, so it's going to go from my ankle all the way up to my knee. So eventually, my guess is you'll do the other leg. 
with something. You yeah. have a little more space on I you. mean, we're looking right now. Yeah, so the leg, I mean, my chest and my back are done. I can do so my my left arm is available, so I might do my left arm next. Then. All right. Yeah, as, as long oh, as you I have some room on your left arm? Yeah, I got some room on my left arm. You the, know, uh, the right arm's done. Nick Young has my favorite comment about tattoos. What do you, do you remember say? this? Mm. His, I believe it was his. Swaggy P, right? Yeah, about, his, yeah, his right arm didn't at the time. I don't know if it does now have any tattoos. And they asked him why. He said, my right arm's for buckets. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, I mean, as you long as... You should say that. Your left arm's for knockouts. Ah. Well, it, technically, it's my right arm, though, because I know. Right. Just power hand. For this but just, story, just for let's story. make it up. Okay, deal. You got it. But uh, I made a deal with my mom way back in the day when I got my first tattoo in a guy's kitchen. And uh, I told my mom that... I'll never get a tattoo on my neck, and then she'll let me get whatever I want, regardless of the area. But I have to stay off my neck and stay off my face. Well, I was going to say, so no facial tattoos. <laughs> no facial tattoos and no neck tattoos. I'm not judging here. And, and get this, too. No gauges. I wanted gauges forever. Like, my mom, if she calls in Friday, will, will you understand. She's, like, the most easygoing person yeah. ever. Like, you can do whatever you want. But she was adamant that I could not get gauges in my That's ears. That's the year thing, right? That's the year thing, yeah. Because I, I wanted I gauges so cool. forever. I know all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, Brent, you know what's up, man. Uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I mean, I do wonder, like, a lot of people get a lot of tattoos. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's, it's just it's part, part of the sports. story. It's adding well, another chapter. Well, it's, uh, I mean, there's different reasons. I mean, some guys get tattoos you see, and they're like, there's no story behind that, yeah. right? Um, they were drunk. Yeah, maybe they were drunk. The maybe they're on spring break. They lost a maybe, maybe it was a bachelor party. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, but yeah, most of the times uh, there's stories, you know. And um, like I said, the story always goes on, and uh, you you live life and you you learn more things. So you want to add to the collection. Again, I have nothing against tattoos. Like I don't really want one. I have no. no I don't care. Yeah. But so it's fine. But what I find interesting now is like because uh, you know if you see women in their 40s now, mm -hmm. it's almost like all of them have a tattoo. Oh, yeah. You know, we've yeah. reached that point because, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s is when I think – like, if you if you saw someone in their 40s in the 90s, like, 98% of women would not have had a tattoo. No, exactly. But now if you see them – I don't know what the percentages are, but my point is, like, if you go to the beach, you will see – Seven out of ten my, women. My mom's got tattoos, dude. Tattoo. Yeah, my yeah. mom's got tats. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not saying but, this isn't a bad thing. Don't no, don't interpret no. this as being a bad thing. I know. I'm just saying it's amazing the shift. Like we've now seen the people that were getting them at 18, 19, 20 yeah. years old. The females. My sister got one. Yeah. Well, now they're 40, 45 well, years old. And but here, here's the question you for the you. Tattoos? I want to ask you, Brent. Because let's be honest here now. Like we look at tattoos in society, and um, it's a lot more accepting it is. in terms of jobs and whatnot. How does it feel to be? Because you're actually like the outlier now. I feel like I, I, I feel like I mean I don't know the exact percentages, but I feel like more people have tattoos than don't have tattoos. That's great. I, uh, I mean, Kuz, that up. Kuz, has, Kuz, you got a tattoo, right? I've got two. Nick, you have a tattoo, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Nick, I would Nick look at boss. Kuz, by the way. I'm gonna judge people, and <laughs> oh, I'm gonna no, say Kuz. Go. If you say, "Hey, does Kuz have a tattoo or not?" Nah. But Kuz has an aggressive one. Kuz has one right in his wrist. That's aggressive. What is that? It's a wave file. Of what? A radio. It's uh, my grandma called me before she passed away. Damn, dude. There we go. See, I, no, no. I mean, like, come no, on. Like, I can't. What am I supposed to do? Well, no, I, I'm like, damn, that's that's legit. That's I was, not only legit. I mean, yeah. I'm now I need a tissue here. No, that's wow, man. That's, we'll be back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after I cry. <laughs> So Kuz has two tattoos. We just saw it. Yeah. I mean, we are going shirts and skins here today. <laughs> shirts versus skins. 
Is that how you used to play hoops? No, that's exactly how you, yeah, you, you nailed it. It's just funny that you compared it to being in the, in the, I, 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 I mean, I never thought that we would compare being in the studio to shirts and skins, but here we are. <laughs> it sucked Mecca guarding the, the, the skins yeah, if they were sweaty. a very sweaty person. Yeah. Sweaty and hairy. I love absolutely. pick up basketball, man. Pick up basketball is fun. Dude, we, we need to get like a hoop outside or something. To... It, you know the thing about pick up basketball is that, like, even though I probably wasn't good, I thought I was awesome. <laughs> and that's all that matters, right? Is pick it up really basketball did. the one that has like the highest potential for injury, though? Pick up basketball. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I don't remember, I, honestly, I don't remember getting hurt much playing pick up basketball, well, but, I think uh, with, but I'm sure you're right. Well, I think with pick up basketball, too, it's probably the highest likely it's going to be a fight or something because if, it, if, it, if it's call your own fouls, you know, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. people well, and again, want to be a little People lenient. like me think they're good. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. like that's yeah. what happens. That's why I hate adult league sports. I really do. I played okay. in media softball here in Jacksonville. I was in that, too. You know, or, were you? And I've seen beer league softball. And to me, like, I love to – I like to compete. Like, I think it's fun to compete. But there's also this line when you're, like, 38 years old and you're getting so pissed off yeah, just about beer league softball, media league softball, whatever kind of – game your pickup basketball that you almost come to blows mm-hmm. that it's like a major pump your brakes for me where i'm like but, are you serious Brent, dude? But can, can you blame somebody though like listen like these people they okay first of all they're probably like all conference in high school basketball football baseball name your sport those days are long gone. Okay. Long gone. Those days Glory are long days. gone. Play a little Bruce so, Springsteen for us. So they, you know, it, it's the middle of summer. You can't cheer for football. You're going to work every single day. You don't like your boss. Um, Probably don't like your wife. Your, your, your family's driving you crazy <laughs> and everything. You just want a moment to yourself. Brent, the only time where you can kind of bask in the in, in the good old days and, and be who you were meant to be is, you know, in those beer league basketball or softball games or whatever you want. So, like, I understand where it is a little aggressive to be that old and be complaining about a foul or trying to fight somebody, but I get it. I got I got so tired. Part of it was the kids got a little older and we had ball and all this stuff, but I also stopped playing Media League softball. Part of it, not, not all of it, but part of it is because of that. Yeah. I was like, you guys all are terrible, <laughs> right? For the most part, we're all terrible. Like yeah. we're, we're just playing softball and it's bad softball. Yeah. And we're all and not all, but many of you are getting pissed about it, whether it's win, lose, or draw. Yeah. And to me, it just wasn't fun. Like <laughs> I thought at that stage, when you're not, you, you know, you're not very good, and and you're you're an adult, and now you're old, and your glory days have passed you. It's like let's just go out and smile and have fun and and make fun of each other more than get mad at each other. So- and there was too much getting mad at each other. I was like. This is this is silly. If I want like a if I want a really competitive softball, I'll go play the beer league softball stuff. Yeah. This reminds me of my stepdad who I talk about all the time. He's the guy who got me into snowboarding. And granted, like so my stepdad and my mom are split up now, but I still call him my stepdad, you know, like we're so close and everything. He's one of my best friends. And a couple years ago I went back home for Christmas to go skiing and snowboarding with him because that's kind of the only time we spend together is when we're on the hill. And the first trailer thread I go up with him, he's like, Oh, awesome, man, too bad you weren't here a couple weeks ago. I'm like, Why, what's up? He's like, Almost got in a fight in the parking lot. I go, Whoa, 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 wait a second. I'm like, Mark, you're like, you know, 
mid fifties, early sixties, like, what do you mean you got almost got a fight in a parking lot? He's like, well, this this younger kid ran over my skis, and then I saw him in the chairlift line, so then I ran over his skis and escalated <laughs> from there. I'm like, what are we doing? You, we're talking about a bunch of adults, and then it, it's fine though. So we went to the parking lot, and then I said, hey man, I respect you. I see your skills on the ski hill. I respect your style. He's like, I respect your style too. And we actually hugged it out. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, like I, I heard this from like a 12 year old. Which but, really on the, but which the fact, really at the end of the day is an awful ending to the no, story. Exactly. Like, but we don't want to like, hug this thing out. No. Now you might as well come to blows. But like the fact that someone <laughs> runs over your skis and you got to like get them back by running over his skis. I didn't know that was a know? thing. Oh, it's a thing, dude. Never run over somebody's skis. Never. Yeah. So I went snowboarding once in my entire life. Yep. And I got lapped by probably a four-year-old on a leash with his dad. <laughs> That'll hurt your confidence. Like, like six <laughs> times before I even made leash. it to the bottom of the hill. And I was like, leash. I suck at this. I'm done. It's just not for you, is it? All right. No. We got to get the ball we in. We got to get the ball, ball. <laughs> ball So first, I want to uh, give props to the flex of the day. Going to Tom Brady, because we don't talk about him enough on this show. But Tom Brady apparently didn't make enough bets at the Kentucky Derby because in the parking lot at Churchill Downs, he wagered Danny Amendola 100K that he couldn't throw a ball a certain distance. Uh, that's what I call an ultimate flex, just throwing 100K down like it's nothing. So flex the day, there Tom Brady. Too, there are people with too much money, though, when you throw 100000 around. And I mean, like where Phil Mickelson does it. Yeah. People do it. It's like, it's, where, man, that's a lot of money. Where did the football come from? Yeah, they had like this does little Tom football. Does Tom Brady just have football time where at all times? Where are these people making these bets? Bet me for 100K. I I'll know, right? pretty much try anything. Danny Amendola, give me a break. All right, so Ballin, go to Oh, Brent. It's fashion day here at ESPN 690. And Ballin, and my friend, uh, my fashion uh, guru, if you will, Odell Beckham Jr., Listen, Brent, you know, I'm not a really fashion-forward guy, okay? I don't go along with the capris. I don't do the skinny jeans. I don't do the shorts with the suit coat, except for today, because... I'm surprised you don't do the skinny jeans. Really? Are you, are you that surprised? Yeah. Oh, man. Not with these long dancers' legs. I, was thinking, like, I can't the, pull that the off. The skinny jeans jorts, like the... Where they cut off at your knee? I mean, I do own jorts, but they're, like, more <laughs> at my thigh. <laughs> I'll wear them tomorrow. No, but, God, uh, please, no. But uh, I have to give props here to Odell Beckham Jr. because he's starting a trend that I can get behind. Rocking the sleeveless suit coat uh, with a kilt, maybe. I'm not a kilt guy. never going to be a kilt guy. But I'll tell you what, Brent. I mean, you think of some of the greatest people that ever wear the, the sleeveless coat. Another comes to mind, and that's Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn from Major League. Very good. And now Odell Beckham. I would say if two more people start rocking this trend, I'm getting on board. Thoughts? Uh, do I count? Because maybe I'll wear it on TV Sunday night. Yeah, dude, if you do it, then uh, I mean, uh, well, how do you feel about this sleeveless uh, suit coat? I thought it was an amazingly disgusting look. Oh, wow. Disgusting. Well, this is the, So in the gym, Austin, I'll get your opinion about this, too, because okay. – what about those those sleeveless hoodies that that people will work out in? Do you mean the one that I wear in here he sometimes? Wears it all the time. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm I talking about. Want, I want to get some sleeveless hoodies at ESPN yeah. 690. Ah. See, that's what we should do the cutout awesome. with. Yeah. I've been intimidated to even remotely try to wear them. Like I feel like that's reserved for a. a Certain person. You gotta have some what, big yeah. guns. What certain per- oh, big you guns. Gotta okay. have, well, you gotta have muscle. <laughs> I, I, I to be honest with you, I kind something. of feel like that about tattoos. Reserved <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. for a certain person. So, Brendan, you, you thought the sleeve of suit was suit coat was disgusting. Kuz, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, See, I mean, this is one of those listen, things. Like in five years, everyone's gonna be doing it. 
I don't so think so. Get on board. I don't think so. You, you, you think it's like that crazy? A, it's a just dumb. Suit coat? Well, listen, I get it. They, first of all, there's two things I really don't understand. I'm, I'm a sports guy. Mm-hmm. I don't get the player fashion thing. Yeah. I, I, I really don't. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would say... I don't know. I just grew up when you grow up around sports and the people you hang around with sports, if you were to tell me that they are going to be locked into fashion, like the people I think of, the people that that my buddies or I played in college with or you knew that played and were really good players. And they're going to be like, yeah, wait to see. This guy's going to unveil some pink and purple (laughs) velvet with so whatever it might be. And it's going to be cool. Not only is it going to be, but it's going to be like cool. Like this yeah. stuff is asinine. What these guys wear, what Russell Westbrook wears to the See, to the to the arena is ridiculous. That his if, yeah, some what, of that stuff's aggressive. I it mean, what Odell Beckham had on was ridiculous. Oh, like, it wasn't that it's ridiculous. It's one thing if it's like somewhat cool. Like I think there are guys that actually look like man, that's that looks pretty awesome. Like I I I couldn't pull it off, but that looks really cool. These guys, what is this I don't know, stuff? Brett. See, like I said, I'm not a big fashion guy, but I saw Beckham wearing his stuff. I'm like, there it is. I can get behind that. I got that on lock. I appreciate it. See, I would take a different approach. If I were an athlete, I'd start being an artist. I'd make paintings and sell my paintings. That would be absolute trash. But because I'm an athlete, people would want them. They might. That's a good point. I mean, art is an eye beholder. But the, right, the guy, by the way, the guy that just said, <laughs> I thought that looked really good about Odo Beckham Jr. Looks like this today. <laughs> What's up? What's going on? I got show. Looks like what? Brent? Shohei Otani is going to uh, <laughs> make his season debut on Tuesday night in Detroit, batting third against the Tigers. Uh, nice. After undergoing Tommy John surgery, that's my balling. Uh, we'll do some falling. I got a little game for you. <laughs> Bring it. Um, courtesy of a, a of Twitter. Okay. And stay in your lane and more to come. I mean, this has been an odd show. <laughs> it always is. No, I don't know about always. ESPN I mean, 690, we're just trying to make it, man. <laughs> just trying to make it work. <laughs> this is how smart we are. It took us four months to figure out we have a thermostat in here. Like, it's always so hot. I know. Ungodly hot. Thanks uh, for sharing that intel, Coos. What do you, I know. Four months later. I didn't know there was one. I thought this one controlled it. Mm, I bet you did. So I'm sitting in an icebox. Feels fantastic. And I'm not sweating as much, and I appreciate it. I'll have to throw a sweatshirt on. Brent, your uh, your uh, prime, your most ideal home setting for your thermostat. What are we talking for, like, t- to set it at degrees purposes? Do ah, you, I, doesn't isn't that like a pretty common question? Like probably, but yeah, I, I like really don't care. Like, okay. I grew up without air conditioning in my house, so like huh. it was hot and hot and hot in the summer. Yeah, and I just. Slept in my underwear when I was a kid and okay. um, sweated it out. I didn't care. Can I ask why you guys didn't have AC? We did not have air conditioning or cable. Okay. And I think those are two very good questions to ask my mom if she comes on. <laughs> I can't wait to have her on the show. <laughs> hey, Mama Martin, what's up? You I mean, were, I can get to know cable because I didn't have cable either. But we had AC. But I do think looking back now at my um, pop culture moron nature that I have, yeah. I think it might have stemmed a little bit from not having cable. True. Okay. You know, like, and, and even, like, I didn't get, like, I wasn't sitting there watching MTV, and it was yeah. cool in the 90s to watch MTV. Oh, it but was I, the thing. Yeah. So I, I didn't sit there doing that, and then I didn't watch all these shows. I mean, I didn't even, what, ESPN, nothing. I mean, I seriously, we had the four, and Fox had just started, like, in the 90s. So 
Uh, and that was probably the mid-90s. Cool, but yeah, it, TV wasn't a thing. Is MTV, because I, I don't get MTV on my PlayStation View package that I have. Is MTV still a thing? I mean, I'm being completely honest. I mean, are you talking about the one that plays music videos or the well, one no, that's going to have, mean, like, I'm a shot just, at love with Pauly D and Vinny from oh, Jersey Shore? So, like, they do, like, a bunch of reality TV shows still? Like, they yeah. do Jersey Shore. Well, they have okay. multiple channels. Yeah. I want to pitch. I, I have so many ideas for them. What It'd do you got? So much fun. I think. You know what would be I, cool, Coos? If you come up with an idea of two for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's not where my brain's at. <laughs> <laughs> Wish it was, man. One day we'll get there. What is what is your no, one you think, idea for MTV? You know, like the the um, uh, Bachelor or Bachelorette. I've heard what, of them. What if it's like that, but it, like with The Rock or with Channing Tatum, and it's like to find out their workout buddy. I think that would be such a funny show. What? You know what I mean? Oh, so, you, so you pick like all these workout, workout partner. people. It's all these people that work out with them, and they they have a moment and stuff like that, and then they're like, ah, this guy kind of sucked in the gym today. He's out. Oh. It's kind of like what me and Brenner are about to do when he comes to the MMA gym yeah. one of these days. I'm out. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be in. Let me disqualify myself. All right, let's do some falling before we fall way behind. Yeah, falling uh, real quick, going to Kyrie Irving, shooting six, I'm sorry, shooting 19 for 62 in his last three games. Not a good look for Kyrie. Not a good look for the Boston Celtics. I wonder, I mean, once again, assuming that the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Celtics here in the series, I wonder what becomes of Kyrie. I mean, do we talk about, because I don't see another big-time player coming to the Celtics. Now there's rumors Anthony Davis, but I could very well see maybe like a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving combo in, in, on the New York Knicks. Well, yeah, I think everybody's talking about yeah. it. I, I, I'll be really interested. They better get a good third wheel on that. I don't think Kyrie Irving and Durant, with a, even with a halfway decent supporting cast, mm-hmm. are winning NBA titles. Really? I don't. Well, what about if they had Zion as well? Well, that's that's a pretty good third wheel. Yeah. And, uh, again, I mean, he's still going to have to prove himself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they need three pieces with Kyrie, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the reason I say, like, I'm even interested to see Durant. Keep in mind, Durant and Westbrook played together. Now, Durant's a way better player now. I think Durant, but, Westbrook, and Harden. And Harden, and Harden together, right? And, but again, that and that trio was not what they are now. Uh, you know, be careful to put yourself there. Mm-hmm. But and they didn't play that style at the time. Um, and, and everybody gets better as you go along. So that's a little bit of a, a buyer beware on the on the. If you think Zion Williamson is that third wheel, well, he'll be a better player most likely five years from now than he is right now. It might be early in his career to yeah. rely on him as that uh, it, to a point. I just don't feel like even Durant – like, I think Durant needed to be on a team like Golden State or maybe go to Houston. I think he mm-hmm. – to me, the only guy that can win it by himself or almost by himself is LeBron. I mean, to me, he's the only guy. Now, Giannis might showcase that. And, again, be, don't take me literally when I say by, my, by himself. No. But you get my point. It yeah. doesn't have Bosh and Wade. It, it's not – Harden, Paul, and uh, I don't know. They're not going to win anyway. Chris, so Chris Middleton was an All Star. He's a good shooter, but like he's he's not a game wrecker. Let's be honest here. Yeah, and he's. I just don't put him in. He's not elite of the NBA. Giannis is by himself. That's Mm -hmm. what's pretty amazing about what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, they have very good players. Yeah, but they're by himself. I think Lillard would fit in that category with Portland, Mm -hmm. right? So. Teams are Kawhi fits in that category, I think, with Toronto. Like Philadelphia, yeah. to me, has more stars. I mean, they got star potential on that team than any of the teams that I just mentioned. 
DJ McConnell. <laughs> I can't wait to do the, we're going to do the back score breakdown tomorrow. Again, get ready, man. Oh, yeah, get that Rocky out. Yep. Uh, okay, my fallen is Jason Pierre-Paul, and, and this oh. is not to make light of the situation, but a single car crash last week in South Florida. Uh, Adam Schefter reported today he'll likely need surgery on his neck. Uh, fractured neck. Yeah. That's serious. What do you mean likely? Like, yeah, if you break your neck, you're probably going to need something. Well, to... I'm just reading the article. Oh, no, but I'm saying in general, though, like, yeah. I mean, this is, remember, he had the whole fireworks incident. I know. Uh, years ago, and now it might be out for the season, and, and you have to start wondering even, he's 30 years old, but you got to wonder with a car accident like that and with a neck Whoa. injury, um, what about his future in the NFL? So uh, not a good uh, week for the Tampa Bay Bucks and for Jason Pierre Paul. All right, I got a little game for you. Andy Loosemore, who we already uh, talked a little bit about, and yeah, he set us up for Liverpool. I didn't get to this yesterday, but uh, he responded to one of uh, uh, my tweets about the contract talks with oh, the Oh, I saw a little bit of this. And so he said, all this discussion about contracts got me thinking, so which way do you vote on the following scenario? Austin has shown great promise in his rookie season in the media, so what do you do about his contract position? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we paid him. Finally, so that works. <laughs> Three months later, it's all good, no worries. But A is pay now, reward him with improved long-term deal. You get him cheaper than by waiting, but risk he may not improve or may get injured in next fight and be out for extended period. My only question to you as you read these is what do you think is going to happen in a fight where like I get hurt or I can't come into work? Well, what happens if you... Um you get some chiclets knocked out or something. And Dude, I'll be in there the next day. Or uh, maybe what if you break your jaw? Hard to talk. Uh, sign language. Uh, we, we we have the video for a reason. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. okay. So if I break Andy's my jaw. Right. Okay. Austin gets improved terms, but could get more by waiting. Option B, wait until after his next fight and check he is fit to perform. You get to evaluate his continued performance, <laughs> but the chances you have to pay him more, and that's going to limit what might be available for Coos or Scott on future deals. I see where this is going. Okay. That sounds a little bit like uh, I think they this, should do with Yannick. This start, I'm waiting until familiar. after this next fight. Yep. Option C, trade him to the competitor. We okay. have one. In exchange for Leon, <laughs> seriously, and a first pick on the next available Leon, Jags retiree. Play for the, does he have a show or something? Or what are <laughs> yeah. we getting at? He's on over there. Okay. On uh, the other, uh, other uh, station. Okay. Uh, first pick on the next available Jags retiree. Right. So uh, are we trading? So am I supposed to pick this or are you going to pick it for me? Because here's what I want to do. I have something in my mind. I have. I already made the decision. What do you got? And I want to see if you can guess what I was. What I'm going to say. Uh, well, I'm going to rule out trade. Yeah. So option C is not there. I don't. Want, I don't want to go over there. Uh, I like it here. I like it here. Uh, so pay now. Now listen. What I would do. I'd pay Ooh. now. You to pay now? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Wait, so are, are you going to pay me for the cheaper now? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Storm makes some money. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying, well, I mean, listen, he's being, you no, save a I, little bit of cash yeah. up front. Like, uh, you know, so, you do with a lot of deals. No, that's the right answer. And here's, here's what I was going to say. I would say pay now because if you think I'm going to get hurt in my fight, then you're sending me bad vibes. You're sending me bad juju. And I don't want that. I don't want the doubters in my corner. I want people that believe in me. Yeah. So you better believe in me. Which is no – that's actually the stance. See, I changed my stance. Yes, you did. I said and pay I Yannick it. in Labor Day. But that's yes. exactly – your pay now is exactly what you were saying about Yannick Ngakwe because you said – like you don't like the idea that we're even bringing up the fact that, well, there's an, a 
there's a chance he could get hurt the next few months or in August is what mm-hmm. I refer to. I don't even think he'll get hurt. He has a no. chance to get hurt in the next couple months, but I'm saying in August, you never know. I mm-hmm. mean, we've had guys around here hurt in August. It's happened. So, but I flip a little bit, and, and I'm going to take care of take care of the Action Sports Jacks team. Now, Kuz, you're another story. We'll get to you later. <laughs> All I was right, say, I'm wait a paid. second, because if you're paying him, then. But here's the other part that I throw into this. Austin is going on a let's say two month vacation. Are you paying him right before the vacation? Or are you paying him when he gets back and he's back to working? Yeah, and uh, Barstool Sports is contacting me too as well. So <laughs> go and keep keep that in mind as well. Negotiations are yeah. flying high. No, if you're going on a two month vacation, I'm not paying you before you go on a two month vacation. Hmm. Well, it's good to know. It's good to know, right, Coos? I mean, I'm Listen, going. I'm going I mean, on vacation learned, in two days. I'm just so. saying, I learned something more about him every day. Maybe. Our background <laughs> check didn't go deep enough. No, you guys went to the shallow end of the pool, man. <laughs> there's a there's a big ocean out there. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe one day we talk contracts. Maybe me and Kuz are a package deal. Maybe we come together. Maybe mm-hmm. you gotta uh, pay him as don't, well. Don't bring yourself down with that. Uh, uh, say, if, if you want to be nice, if dude. you want to tie your ship to that dinghy. <laughs> He just called you a dinghy, man. That's messed up. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I, that's I, not the worst I've, I've been called. <laughs> Quit playing with your dinghy. Oh, man. We'll be back R. on R. ESPN All right, we're going to give away Blake 182 tickets uh, along with Lil Wayne. When is the date of that? Do we know? July? Ju- July 27th, I, I right. think. That's all right. In July. That's good enough. <laughs> Listen, if you want to go, look it up. Late July. <laughs> uh, we're going to give away a couple tickets in just a few moments. Before we get to that, we got to get to stay in your lane. Uh, a little cruise control and pump your brakes. I think we've pumped our brakes like 14 times on this show. I know, right? Already today. Yeah. So, uh, it's been a weird show. You don't like Well, it's about to get a little weirder, Greg, because now we're going politics. Buckle your seatbelts. Oh, man. I mean, this is breaking the rules. Uh, well, this is a, it's a big sports store, though. So right. cruise control... Uh, Going to well, it's going to President Trump. Uh, his waiver that he's and I'm not talking about Tiger Woods. This is President Trump is looking into a waiver that would allow athletes attending the nation's military academies to play professional sports immediately upon graduation. Uh, they would then serve their time in the military after their professional sports career. One would think that most athletes would probably opt out of you know getting drafted or turning professional just to serve their country, but the fact that uh, President Trump is giving the athletes a choice, um, I think is actually a pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that's been a topic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, who was I, I? I don't have him right in front of me, uh, but the Detroit Lions picked. Yeah, what was his name? I know you're talking about. But I think um, he did. He have to serve first. I think he had to go serve. Yeah, and wasn't there a guy on the Steelers too? Right? Isn't that? Uh, Villanueva? Villanueva. I think yeah, so. Same thing with him yeah. as well. So, yeah. That's interesting. What do you think yeah. about it? You know, um, I'm a no, so I, I've never served, you know, so I, it's hard for me to comment on it, but I think the fact that they have a choice, you know, because while I think serving your country is the ultimate um, job, it's the ultimate sacrifice, um, you know, I mean, if, if a kid has aspirations to play professional sports, I think that's a great honor as well. Not. As great of a hunter as serving your country, obviously, but the fact that you can do both, I think, is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's it's fascinating discussion because if you think about what should take precedent, right, mm-hmm. at, at the core, well, I would think serving your country. I mean, if you go all the way back to plenty of athletes, but I'll, I'll use just because I'm more familiar with Ted Williams. Ted Williams served two different uh, uh, times, and 
I think because of that, I've read books recently on Ted Williams, and I think it was almost five years missing playing ball. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, think about the records Ted Williams would have on top of that. And and those years were in his prime, especially the first uh, time he surfed. Yeah. And you even think about in other countries, I think it's – I want to say Siwoo Kim, but – I might be mistaken on Siwoo Kim, but some of the South Korean okay, yeah. uh, golfers, yeah. they have to serve. That's the same thing we talked about with the MMA fighter, um, yes. the, the Korean zombie, who had to serve, I think, five years, and he had to do that. Yeah. So he had to quit the UFC and serve five years and came back to fighting again. KJ Choi, he's done it. Yeah. Uh, so again, South Korean golfer. Yeah, but, so, and, and it's an interesting thing, right? It's interesting. Like, in South Korea, like, they have to serve. And mm-hmm. I think the way you can get out of serving, I should say get out, that's a bad way to phrase that. Mm-hmm. But I think you, you can avoid your service time that you, that is a mandatory thing. I believe is to win a major. <laughs> really? Yeah, because then you kind of sit on a, a pedestal that, that is beyond well, that. And I get like it. It's such a big deal. If you were, win, if you're a South Korean golfer and you win a major, that's like, I yeah. mean, you're like royalty, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, it'd be like going go Olympics, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's an and interesting conversation. And I think like an Olympic gold medal, I think it's part of it. And mm-hmm. So it's fascinating. As you bring that up, I, I don't – again, at its root, serve or play a sport, mm-hmm. I would say, yes, yeah, sir, you serve. You yeah. serve. If you chose that, you, you serve. Uh, especially in our country, we get that choice. But I also would say, hey, if you you got this window of opportunity to go play professional sports – and then, as long as and you, you know, serve on the other side, exactly, because that window is a little longer. Uh, I think I would be okay with that. I, I don't think I would get. And again, I'm with you. I haven't served, mm-hmm. so why this could be offensive to someone who did, I, I, I guess I no, would understand. Yeah. But to me, I don't have a major problem with that. And, and like I said, I think like once again, I tackle you. I mean, I didn't serve either, but I think that they have the option. You know, I think the option is what's important. Now, maybe they, they, they don't go pro right away. Maybe they, they serve their country and that's what they always wanted to do. Awesome. More power to you. You know what's interesting? The, the history books on President Trump in general will be fascinating. The history books on President Trump in sports – yeah. Is going to be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be its own chapter you, for you know, sure. You know what actually struck me yesterday with the Medal of Freedom? And at first, we're, you're kind of like, really? Really? But if you start looking into it more and what Tiger Woods has done, take away again, t- separate now. Tiger Woods, a golfer. Tiger Woods, a person. Tiger Woods is iconic worldwide. He represents the United States. He His foundation is amazing uh, for what he does. It's not just here, go make more Tiger Wood golfers. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than that. Go read up on it if you're not familiar with it. And he's really done a good job with that. So he's done a lot of good things. We we sometimes just say Tiger Woods is awesome at golf and Tiger Woods is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. right? We simplify it. Uh, There's a lot more to Tiger Woods. But I found interesting is Charlie Sifford, uh, who I think went in during President Obama's uh, uh, administration as he got the Medal of Freedom. And Jack Nicholas and Arlen Palmer were 2004, 2005. So the four golfers all this century, what it says, does it say something about our recent presidents, President Bush, President Obama, now President Trump, and their affinity for sport? You know? Yeah. Uh, so with the whole Tiger Woods thing, and listen, I, I'm not trying to be a Tiger Woods hater at all. I think he, he deserved what he got with Donald Trump, and that's fantastic. It's great for him. You know, he's he's a popular figure, and he pull, he's very polarizing, and um 
you know, he's the face of golf, and I get that. The only issue I have with the with the Medal of Freedom is that you can say all these things about Tiger Woods, but the one thing that he doesn't have on his resume is that he doesn't really give back to his community, right? I mean, let's be honest. I, I've never heard Tiger Woods, and maybe he has donated, but like I, I don't see him spending time with um, with kids. I don't see him. Oh no, that's see, that's where you're. That's where or, you got to do. Is that where I'm wrong? Okay, no, that's where you go. Look up the Tiger Woods Foundation. That's what I'm okay. saying. Okay. So like now he might not in Jupiter give back, and you might not see him like. Uh, he probably isn't going to the local first tee event unless he's getting paid. But if you go look at Tiger Woods' so own doing foundation, the okay, go look at it. Okay, I'll and, check it and, out. And it's unfortunate. Actually, President Trump should have mentioned that. Well, in his- so this is my point. Like, yeah, I understand that we crown these athletes for their achievements. And you know me, I'm always the guy that's trying to take the athlete off the pedestal and make him more human. Yeah. And by giving him this medal, you put him on a pedestal that's almost unreachable, that puts him in new heights. And that's cool, but if you're going to do that, I feel like you do it for reasons other than just winning the green jacket. You do it for the Tiger Woods Foundation, or you do another player like, I don't know, maybe like, like a Chris Long who has done so much for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, I mean, donated his entire paycheck to local communities. Every week, a different school got some of that paycheck. I mean, he's done a lot of things with water, I think, uh, in Africa and things like that. So, I mean... I think if that if we're gonna if we're gonna celebrate these great athletes, these great achievements of of sport, well, let's do it. But let's also highlight some other things as well. Yeah, I, I think um, I will be honest with you. My first reaction to Tiger Woods Medal of Freedom, President Trump giving it to him was, these guys have played golf together, and I think Trump <laughs> likes yeah. Tiger Woods. I, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. No, that's yeah. But. If that is your thought, go back and think about it a little bit more. Think about the company he's in. That foursome, by the way, uh, <laughs> Nicholas, Palmer, Charlie Sifford, and now Tiger. From a an impact globally uh, on more than golf, but definitely golf, fits in the category. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. I, I firm, So I actually changed my stance on it. I looked a little bit more on it and said, okay, what's, what is this thing all about? And I had to do a little research from – because I kind of agreed with you on face value. I'm like, really? Athlete? Uh, metal free? Eh, it doesn't really seem that up. But it does. And, and again, if you're wondering about Tiger Woods and what more he's done in terms of then win majors and golf tournaments, yeah. and he has certainly impacted generation of golfers around the globe now. But do go look at what he does with his work uh, and, with Tiger Woods Foundation. Well, it's pretty pretty good stuff. And that's only my point because at the end of the day, like, listen, you can hit a ball really far and put in a hole better than everybody else can. Congratulations. But I think what separates you from being a great golfer is also being a great person, being a great member of society. Yeah. So those things need to be highlighted as well. And I think there well. might be a separator there, but his impact is certainly is. amazing yep. on uh, the sport globally. Yep. Uh, pump your brakes real quick. Hey, Paul Pierce. Go ahead and pump your brakes. This was his uh, his prediction, his an- his expert analysis after game one of Milwaukee and Boston. Check this out. I don't know where Milwaukee goes from here. Because what are you I- whoa, 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 whoa. So <laughs> is this over? No, listen. I think it's over. This series is over. Yeah, they one lost. One game? You just sat there and said that they could win an NBA championship. Yeah, I did say that. But, but One game. I think styles make fights in boxing. <laughs> we know the style of both teams before the series started. Yeah, but it just seemed like Milwaukee was the way better team throughout the regular season. But when I watch this, when I watch this today, if Giannis doesn't have a monster game and somebody else besides him doesn't step up, Boston is just going to out-talent them. As a team. <laughs> okay. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Oh. Uh, you found a way to get Milwaukee in the show. Interesting. <laughs> it's topical. Paul Pierce. All right. 
Sounds good, Playboy. How 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 we doing now? Three one. By the way, he's got fallen Kyrie Irving, and he's got this for pump the pump your. Brain. I mean, is if you're wearing that. Hey, if you're wearing that today. Oh, I can do whatever the heck you want. Oh, go go ahead and boo the style, baby. Go ahead and boo my chest. I don't care, man. I don't care. Hey, here Wait we go. Moment. Let's give away some tickets. Oh yeah, let's do that. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. Name the caller, Coos. Their actual name? No. Seven. <laughs> seven. Caller number seven. Seven. Nick Foles. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. Blink one eighty two tickets. A little Wayne coming. Uh, wait, wait. Little Wayne. Little Wayne, huh? I'm Lil coming Lane. too. All right. I'll, I'll see Not you guys there. Little Wayne. And I'm wearing this as well. There's no T's in there. <laughs> um, and uh, you can check that out uh, late July uh, at Daly's Place for Blink-182 and Lil Wayne. And by the way, coming up on WAPE 95.1 with Coos tonight, he's going to talk more about combo crossroad groups, right? Crossroad groups, combo groups. yeah, combos. We're going to pump up 95.1 WAPE yeah, and uh, Coos tonight. I think it's the top-ranked show at, in the evenings with Coos. Oh, I was going to say in the evenings, yeah, but I think we hold number one for everything else, right? <laughs> Not yet, because I haven't got a tattoo yet. Okay, well, <laughs> when we do, you're getting a tattoo. JU Women's Lacrosse wins. They'll go to Michigan to face the eighth seed next. Congratulations no to them. A lot of high school baseball and softball. And if you want to see some of that, check out CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight. Thanks for hanging with us. Met Gala approved. Austin yes. Lane. Thanks to Kevin Atlas for stopping by. That was a lot of fun. If you missed him, check out the podcast, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. For Coos, Austin Lane, I'm Brent Martineau. We'll see you on TV. Have a good night, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.